Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now starting an hour earlier. Welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball. This is the only problem I have doing this job. The only problem. For 25 years, and we can't have it all, but for 25 years I'd go go to work in the morning and then be off the rest of the day, unless it was a rider game, right? And it would be beautiful and I could do whatever I wanted. Now it's beautiful and i got to come to work in the afternoon. I know, first world problems. But uh, yeah, it's a little still taking me some time getting used to it, Zinger. Still trying to figure it out. Right. You're on oh, the right track, it. baby. I love it. It's nice. I like it. This you is just great. need a couple slaps in the face. That's all. I, I slap Ballsy in the face every day at about two fifty-five p.m. before we hit yeah. the airwaves. Yeah. That wakes him up a little bit. It's not. Might need to do a little more than that because, like you say, he's still tired. But yeah, I am tired. Real tired. Hey, speaking of slap me in the face, uh, you're a lot tougher than our first guest here. We'll get to some of the sports stories of the day, but this is going to be a big thing this weekend, Mark. Johnston from Play 92 is also the in-game host for Rough Rider games and I did box him uh, absolutely massacred him a couple of Septembers ago and uh, he's on the phone line now, Western Pizza Hotline Hi Mark Hey Ballsy, uh, you sure you want to start the show off with a live <laughs> Hey, uh, are the Bruins playing tonight? <laughs> uh, no comment So like, did you break your TV when that series went the way it did? No, I'm not a I'm not a die like I like the Bruins, but I'm not a diehard to that point. I don't know. You see people breaking TVs online when their team loses. It's like, listen, you pay a lot of money for that TV. Don't do that. Was I disappointed? Sure, but you know what's going to be good, Ballsy? When the Panthers beat out the Leafs in the second round, then all is good. The all world is, is good. Right again. Well, they're looking good. They are. Yeah, they that are. was the thing. The Bruins are like. By the way, Mark Johnson's favorite team is uh, Boston. Um, in case he didn't pick up. So um, the, the the Florida Panthers were a wild card team, but they weren't really a wild card team. Like they they picked up their bootstraps at the end of the year, and yeah, they got the wild card spot. But that was a tough first draw for Boston. Oh yeah, and you know what? You never. Winning the President's Trophy ain't great. It seems like it's cursed, right? When was the last time a President's Trophy uh, winner won the I think Cup? Ta- like, It doesn't happen very often. I think it was Tampa. Like, one of the years Tampa won it, they were the best team, but it doesn't happen very often. You're right. Yeah, it does not. Well, Florida was the President's Trophy winner last year, and they lost. They were out yeah. in the first you, you, you round. Don't, yeah, you really don't want to win it. And it's too bad because this is kind of Boston's last crack at it, most likely, right? And Bergeron's probably done. So it's, it's sad to see. Um, but again, as long as the Leafs get knocked out in the second round, I'm happy. Yeah, I am too. Let's talk about the Ryder Rally coming up here, my friend. Uh, we've got uh, lots going on. Uh, now, I don't know if you know all the details, but I know you're a big part of it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know, I know, uh, I know all the details. I got... Uh, I got 
I got stuff in front of me actually right now. I'm prepared for this wow. ball game in case you throw any question at me. Okay, so tell us what's going on. I know you're involved very heavily in a Q&A, which is great, but uh, we've got, I think, Dangerous Cheese the Band, and I believe it's free of charge. It's kind of a way for the fa- get the fans pumped up before the team goes to Saskatoon for an extended time. That's right, yeah. Really, training camp's just around the corner, right? And then the first preseason game uh, is just around the corner, too. So this is an opportunity to get uh, a little more excited about football, you know, being here. And the cool part is, too, part of the rally or the rally is going to be on the field. So you're actually able to come down onto the field and see the field like the players do during the game. And then it's cool. They're going to have all sorts of stuff, you know, face painting, balloon artists for kids, games and stuff like that, but a field goal kicking station so you can test out your skills to see how you are uh, kicking the ball like Brett Lowther. Yeah, no kidding, man. Could you, How far could you boot one away from? Um... I think 25 or 30 is probably the max. Yeah, I was uh, Zinger. Well, Zinger and I were kicking field goals in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium, and I think we both nailed from 30, but uh, I think Ooh. I pulled my hamstring when I did that. We spent most of the time just throwing the ball on the side. Yeah, it was. it's not as easy as it looks. No, no, it's not. You're right. It, it does look like it would be easier than it actually is. And uh, not many people can say they've kicked a field goal on SoFi, so that's pretty sweet. No, that's pretty sweet. So, uh, in terms of this, it goes down Sunday, am I right, or is it Saturday? No, it's going down Sunday. The gates open at Mosaic at 11 a.m., so you can get there uh, early. Weather-wise, I, I think it's supposed to be 18 or 19, so, I mean, perfect day because you don't want it too hot for your kids because then they'll complain and then they'll get sunburned and stuff. So it's going to be 18, 19, a bit of cloud coverage, so it's perfect. And then uh, things conclude at 3.30. So, like I was saying, games and stuff like that, the pep band's going to be there, the cheer team, and the cheer team is going to take some time to teach uh, some young kids uh, a dance or two, I think. And then, yeah, we're going to have the Q&A with actually quite a few players there. If you don't know the list, we got Trevor Harris, mm-hmm. Mason Fine, Shea Patterson, Jake Winicky, and Sean Bain Jr., Awesome. Patterson, of course, uh, I think he was a Michigan Wolverine quarterback, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, he was here briefly. They went to play some of the spring football, and he's back here. Uh, Bain Jr. is the receiver from Calgary. We know Mason Fine. Winnicky's a highly touted coming from Montreal, Trevor Harris. Uh, Harris is a, Have you met Harris? He's a really good dude. I did, yeah. I was at the, the comedy night at the Riders. Oh, yeah, you were there. Yeah, yeah, I was there, too. Yeah, I was, you were, were you there in Saskatoon or Regina? Yeah, I was. No, I was up in uh, I was up in Saskatoon, and yeah, he's a he's a good guy, and he's obviously uh, he's obviously uh, I think pretty excited to to lead the Riders this season in the twenty twenty three season. How excited are you? What year is this for you doing the in stadium stuff? I started in twenty nineteen, missed a year in twenty twenty because of COVID. So what is that? Five, forty, four years actually doing it. I think so. I, I'm looking forward to it, man. It's always so good getting back into Mosaic Stadium and and seeing people you haven't seen since you know last year. And you know that's a sign that summer's here. The team is. You know, I think there's a lot of excitement around the team, which is good. And that's why this event is so cool, because then that excitement just builds and you're going to be able to be there and, and just, you know, get excited for the season and then hear a little bit from some of the guys that are going to be thrown on the green and white this year. Well, Zinger's a very, uh, Zinger's studious when it comes to in-stadium stuff. And Zinger, you put your mic on. We were in SoFi. Uh, I thought the, I thought the, uh, the Chargers guy wasn't bad, but the Rams guy, Mark Johnston blew the Rams guy away, I thought. 
Yeah, the, the, it, yo, oh, yeah. Are you talking about the in-stadium yeah, guy or, ta- the, or the public no, address announcer? No, 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 no. the in-stadium oh, guy. Yeah, like, I, I wasn't a fan of both in-stadium yeah, guys. Like Mark, Not even close to yeah, Mark Yeah, like Mark, Mark was great. And I was, at, I was at Lincoln, Nebraska for an NCAA game last year. Not even close to Mark Johnston. And I've been to every CFL stadium except for, well, I haven't been to Toronto yet because both the games have been last year. And this year's going to be, no, and... and in Halifax, yeah, and then Ottawa. I haven't been to Ottawa, but the ones I have been in, Mark Johnston blows them away, and I'm not just saying that because he's here. So, and because he well, I appreciate- might want to fight me again. Good job, Mark. Yeah, I appreciate that, fellas, and and Ballsy. Since you lied off the top of the show about you smacking me around, yeah, uh, I'll let you get away with it just because you complimented me now. <laughs> okay, and and a hole in one golfer, this guy too. Oh this yeah, a hole in one golfer. Do you ever get that cash yet? You betcha. And you haven't bought us lunch. What a son of a gun you are. Hey, Mark, do you, do hey, you man, think you want to... Bo- <laughs> do you think you want to box me sometime, Mark? Yeah, yeah. Zinger wanted to box you. He said that. He wants to actually go in the ring with you. Yeah, let's raise some money. I like Zinger too much to punch him in the face. I was glad to punch Ballsy, but I like Zinger too much to punch him in the face. Nobody wants to fight you, Zinger. No one wants to fight Nobody me. Nobody wants huh? to fight you. Intimidated no? of me. Intimidated of you. Hey, uh, 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 Mark, thanks a lot. Once again, reiterate uh, that day when it starts uh, for us, please. This Sunday, Mosaic Stadium free event. The Rider Rally 11 is when doors open. It goes till 3.30. And I uh, appreciate you having me on and uh, chatting about it. And uh, hopefully see a lot of people there. And this is good timing. I, I got to take the kid to uh, his first eye appointment. And, and it's right away here. So we're just about to leave the house. All right. Well, you, good luck with Niall there. And take care, buddy. Thanks, guys. We'll chat later. Have a have a good show. Yeah, thanks. We'll, we'll try to do that. We started it in good fashion with Mark Johnson. There's one game in the NHL tonight. I believe it's Carolina hosting New Jersey. Blue Jays are in Pittsburgh to take on the Pirates. Um, CFL News, the Argos have released a new uniform. All right, well, not the uniform, the helmet. They got a cool helmet that they released. It's, uh, goes back to the, it's kind of, it's an, a little different blue. It's not quite baby blue and it's not royal blue. I like it. Have you seen it? I have seen it. And, uh, what you don't do like I, it? Uh, I'm, I don't know what to think of it quite yet, Ballsy. Oh, you're a little bit on the fence. I'm I don't mind the, it. I'm on the fence. A bit. I'm easily swayed when it comes to fashion. Yeah. Uh, maybe get back to me on it. Okay. Uh, I gotta, I, I gotta dive into it a bit deeper. You know, I've, I've, I've I'm a busy man today, Ballsy. I, I haven't been able to wrap my head around this And yet. big news that I'm going to announce right now before we get to our next guest, Bob Stoffer, who's going to be calling here right away. Big news. Okay. We're going to have a... The training camp opens up on Sunday, officially next Sunday, Mother's Day. And we are going to do a training camp show. Luke and I, one hour to kick off training camp from 9 to 10 in the morning, right when the walkthrough starts at 9 a.m. Griffith Stadium in Saskatoon. So make sure you're tuned into that. Your voice of Rough Riders football is 620 CKRM, and we'll get you going with a on-site live training camp show special sports cage from Toontown. This is the sports cage on a Friday for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM. The kings of Saskatchewan sports talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Hey, it's Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes applying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. This guy's uh, too busy in Sin City to be wasting his time on the phone, so we got to get to him right away. It's Bob Stoffer, color commentator on the Edmonton Oilers radio network. Uh, what are you doing for fun in Vegas? There's nothing to do, is there? 
<laughs> so, oh, there's lots to do. Trust me. I've never been, so uh, I don't know. I've never been. You've never been to Las Vegas. Nope. I would. I would. Yeah, I would hazard a guess that at least half your listeners right now have probably been to Vegas. Oh, more than that. And there used to be a saying: "What happens to Vegas stays in Vegas." Yeah. But then we developed these damn phones, and now what happens is what happens in Vegas usually beats you home. So you really got to watch your pews, uh, your uh, you know, mind your p's and q's, and make sure that you're you know you're living above a board. And never put yourself in any compromising situation. So you know that's kind of how I've always lived my life, Michael. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, folks, comedian Bob Stoffer, he's got a couple yeah, of shows yeah. in Vegas. <laughs> hey. Yes. No, it's, uh, you know, we're in a situation where we've had, uh, you know, a couple of uh, advertisers to the station cut companies. They've uh, met, you know, met us for dinners down here in the off days, and uh, the owners just wrapped up practice. As you know, I'm going three hours a day with Oilers now during the playoffs instead of two, mm-hmm. and not even I can talk that much. Uh, so... Uh, it's. I, I will tell you when you get to the rink at uh, ten o'clock in the morning, and there's no other players on the ice until one o'clock because you're getting set up for an hour. It's, uh, it's a little much, but uh, for the owners, they're looking to to find their game. I mean, I think we all saw it happen in Game One. Vegas with the infinitely better team five on five. Uh, the owners had one guy play brilliant, and uh, they need more guys. Uh, uh, they had too many passengers in the opening game of the series. And they need a better performance. And uh, that said, Edmonton has consistently dropped the opening games of playoff series. And just to show you what I know, last year in the second uh, period of Game 2 against Calgary, the Oilers were down 3-1. And I was wondering whether or not we were going to get a Game 5 in the series. And after Calgary won Game 1, 9-6, and the Oilers came back and stopped them. So uh, it's it's a different time in the league. You know, things, some momentum shifts happen. And, so I fully expect a better performance tomorrow. So uh, grade a few players for me, or grade just some comments on well, them. Why don't, why, why don't you grade them and then I'll comment, because okay. we're probably philosophically aligned on this. Okay, uh, Vincent DeArnay gets a D for me. How about you? Yeah, he had a brutal game. Like, yeah, there's no other way to say it. I mean, the, the team save percentage when he's on the ice 5-on-5 five five and on the PK is uh, not good enough. Uh I think a couple things with Vincent DeArnay. I think early in the series, there's more penalties called, and he got called for a bunch of them against LA, including the you know the the penalty that led to the power play in overtime in game number one. And I think it's altered what he does. I mean, he's in that Yanni Hockenpot school where he leans on guys and sticks guys and hammers guys. That's part of his game, and they're calling that stuff, and it's taken away from the effectiveness of his game. So mm-hmm. uh, I still think the Oilers will go 11 and seven. I think you'll see Broberg. Maybe take on some more minutes because he can play the right side. Uh, Nima Linen took the skate today with the main group, but that's because they wanted to have eight defensemen on the ice. But, uh, you, you know, I mean, he'd be the first to tell you he wasn't good enough the other night against Vegas. I don't know how to grade because uh, I'm not there watching, uh, you know, the overview. I just see what's on TV. Um, he's missing. Ryan Nugent Hopkins is missing. What is going on with the Nuge? I, I'm not sure, uh, to be honest with you. And, and, and you know, there's certain roles like, in the regular season, uh, when we're on the plane, uh, yeah. we don't look behind us. We sit in the middle of the plane, and we don't, you know. Uh, but you have a, a pretty good understanding of where a guy's at. At this time of the year, everybody's got injuries, so it's not an excuse. But he's not been as effective as he was during. I mean, he had a 100-point season this year, and, you know, 30, 37 goals and 104 points. It's by far the best in both categories in his NHL career. He's got to be better. 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'd give Stuart Skinner a C minus. He's been bad. He's been good. He's been kind of okay. That's kind of how the game was. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't blame him for everything, but he's got to make a couple of saves when he has to. Well, if he makes one more save, we're maybe talk, having a different conversation. You know, about how Leon Draisaitl authored one of the greatest individual performances you've ever seen. Because if it's a four-four game that goes to overtime. The way the orders were coming on in the third period, they got a puncher's chance to win the game. Um, he needs to stop more pucks. He's got a sub nine hundred save percentage that doesn't get it done. Yeah, but he's going to get the. I, I, I'd be stunned. He was in the starters net today. He's their guy. He gets the start. Now if they go down two nothing and he has a tough start, hundred percent you'll see Campbell in Edmonton on Monday. But he's got a chance to change that narrative with a solid performance tomorrow. Uh, the the big line is injured or hurt. Is Connor McDavid injured or hurt? What are you seeing from McDavid? He's still getting chances. He had a couple more points the other night. He's got 12 points in seven games. Looks fine to me. He's flying around today. First forward on the ice. Uh, they have the goalies out there and then the D. Right. Looks pretty good to me. I mean, again, you, you never know what anybody is going through at this yeah. time of the year. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. I, uh, my expectation is that he'll be He'll be driving it tomorrow. So it's kind of interesting, hey. Like you're a, um, you're. I'm like you. I travel with the team, so you just you button up. You're part of the team. You can't say too much. But about like fuck. Well, they just all walk by. They just all walk by me too. We all walk back from the hotel yeah. or from the uh, from the arena to our hotel. So yeah, you got it. So. Yeah, and I get it. And and I get that. And 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 there's no uh, there's no faulting in that. But you know, like for instance, they were showing on the TV broadcast. Fox shows Mark Stone going off the ice, and then the Oilers targeted his back the entire the entire game. Like there is some things I think even I'm in media there's some things off limits like you just can't do that stuff well Braden McNabb has hit guys late his entire career mm. I mean and Joey Michelle's career in the Memorial Cup that's when the Kootenai Ice went uh, Chris Knobloch was their head coach Braden's a hard-hitting defenseman and he hit McDavid late twice in that game mm. and there was no call either time so nobody yeah. takes more abuse than McDavid and unfortunately we don't have officials that uh, are used to dealing with players at that speed that see the little interior hooks and those sort of things. And, and I mean, think about it. He went eight playoff games in the uh, Chicago playing series back in 2020 and then the Winnipeg series in 2021 where Connor didn't even draw a penalty. Now, he's drawing some more now, but uh, there were a couple incidents in that game where he passed the puck in 2000, and if he was an NFL quarterback, it would have been a you know a roughing penalty called right away. Mm-hmm. That's just part of hockey. So I don't think it's just trying to politic. It happens. Yeah. Okay. Lastly, where does that where does that Leon Dreisaitl goal rank for you in terms of some you've seen covering or watching Oilers hockey? Like just the just the patience. The like it was like a carnival like goal. Do you? Uh, well, it's a great goal, but he's a great player. Do you recall who Drysaddle's coach was in Prince Albert? Uh, off the top of my head, no. In the U of A Golden Bears, back ninety one ninety two, when the Bears won the national championship. You have to say that again. You have to say that again. You broke up. Do it again. What'd you say? Uh, Corey Cluson was his coach. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And I did Corey's games when I was a twenty two year old broadcaster. Corey was nineteen at the time at the U of A. Back in 91-92 when they won the national championship. And I'll never forget, Corey telling me during the 13-14 season, Michael Edmonton played uh, Prince Albert in the WHL playoffs. But towards the end of the regular season, they were in twice as well. And they had a guy named uh, Dakota Conroy that had a 30-goal season playing with Leon. And I said, well, is this guy going to be a good Golden Bear? And he goes, Conroy, because he was from Edmonton. He goes, stop. He's going to be challenged to play. 
He goes, you could score 30 goals on Leon Dreisettle's right wing. And I'm like, well, I'm currently 235. And he goes, no worries. He'd get you. He goes, and he and I'll never forget what Corey said. Bob, he's going to be way better than everybody thinks. Michael and your listeners, Leon Dreisettle has turned out to be way better than everybody has thought. And right now, right now, he's got 11 goals in seven games. It hasn't been done in 100 years, right? It hasn't been done since Edward Newsy Lalonde in 1919. We are right now. He's the best player in the world, certainly through the first uh, fifteen days of the playoffs. Isn't that scary to say? Wow, that is a that's a powerful statement and not inaccurate. Thanks for your time, Bob. Take care. Have a good call tomorrow. Thanks a lot. Take T- care, Paul. Take care. That's our friend Bob Stoffer joining us all the way from the Strip in Vegas, where Bob just minds his P's and Q's. <laughs> this is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Sports ticker at 332. Man, I wish that Edmonton Oilers game was tonight, but it's tomorrow, unfortunately, for us hockey fans. Unless uh, you're a New Jersey Devils or a Carolina Hurricane fan, because game two of that series happens tonight, 6 p.m. Saskatchewan time. The Carolina Hurricanes with a one to nothing series lead in that one. It's one of the teams our whole country rallies around. The chase for the championship is on. Time for today's Blue Jays reports on the Sports Cage. Well, it was a tough series for the Toronto Blue Jays, and tough is probably an understatement. They got swept at Fenway Park versus the Boston Red Sox. Don't need to worry, though. It's just May 5th, Blue Jay fans. It's just May 5th. The voice of the Toronto Blue Jays, Ben Wagner, with a bit of a breakdown of the ALE so far. I wondered last year with the Baltimore Orioles, with without any expectation, without any pressure, what the Orioles would look like this year. And holy smokes, the Orioles look like a problem right now. Uh, the Baltimore Orioles are, are going to be a problem. Uh, the New York Yankees, when they have injuries, they've got guys that don't miss days. They miss weeks and months. And it looks like that trajectory is already rearing its ugly head in New York. So this is a division where the Blue Jays, the bottom line of the Blue Jays are better. They are better than the Boston Red Sox. Are they better than the Baltimore Orioles? Certainly. And they're much more mature. And it's interesting to see in another month or so if, if Baltimore's success, especially with those young guys, if that tapers off once the book gets a little bit thicker and how they're pitching the big leagues, they get back into American League Eastern Division competition, um, if that tapers off from their success, I think the Blue Jays are going to be a very consistent team all year. Mm. There are a couple of things that they need to do better at, but to keep pace with the Tampa Bay Rays, and I, I think early in spring training we were chatting, and I said, watch out for the Tampa Bay Rays. They've got answers to every problem. And certainly the beginning of the season with their win-loss record, they are solving all those problems. And, and, and if you win so many games this early in the year, you're doing it with ease. So this is a really, really tough division. Absolutely. It's had a little bit of a changing of the guard, certainly. But the Blue Jays, for me, a team that out of the gate is already on pace to win over 90, 95 games. Everything's going to be fine. And if health works in their favor, they have certainly positioned themselves to compete with Tampa Bay, with whatever the Orioles end up looking like, and everybody thought the Yankees. And the Yankees can still get healthy. There's no doubt about that, especially with Domingo Herman really turning the corner and pitching deep into ballgames now. 
that is a savior for that rotation. If they can get somebody to step up and have a pretty consistent one through three in the rotation and figure out in four and five, they're still going to be right there at the end of things. You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes. You can text us 936-6262. Our text line is powered by the Capital Auto Group. And all our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline. Get it hot, get it fast at Western Pizza. Let's go out and talk to Rob Vanstone, who is now with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. That's the first time I've ever said that. Is that <laughs> weird to hear it that way still? Yeah. You know, when I was 12 years old, I was hoping somebody would say that one day because I wanted to be the next Rat Dawson, but that didn't really... Uh... Uh, materialized. So uh, here I am at 59 years old, being a being a rookie. It took me a lo- it took me basically 37 years longer than I was planning, but uh, I guess I did it. <laughs> Who knew you were a lot closer to Richard Dawson than Rhett Dawson? <laughs> <laughs> I remember Hogan's Heroes. I remember Family Feud. Uh, he was on. I think back when I was growing up, he was probably on the Merv Griffin show. He was on Running. Remember Running Man, the Schwarzenegger movie too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, Virtually, there were so many game shows. I th- well, he was on. He was on Match Game. He was one of the, one of the boxes on Match Game. He'd probably get uh, canceled now because he was a little creepy with the women at the Family Feud. Well, Richard wouldn't have a chance now. No, so. he'd be done. But Rob Vanstone does. That's outstanding. Uh, by the way, as a rookie, as a fifty-nine-year-old rookie, like, did you have to buy donuts for the office? Like, what kind of? Do you have to stand up and sing your fight song? What would your fight song be? Oh, I was I was happy to buy donuts, and then I ate all of them. So that, was, that was that was the easy part. Yeah, uh, I, it would do. They would seriously cause disharmony in every context where I to try and sing. I don't know what what selection I. I'm more of an instrumental guy because I'm a jazz nut. So I would have. Hmm. I would probably just put some Oscar Peterson on my uh, on my iPhone and played it for people. Brought, brought my brought my boom uh, boom boom speaker into work hmm. one day, and and uh, that'll that would get me. Uh, evicted pretty quickly. Hey, so I uh, one more personal thing. Is your wife happier uh, that you're with the Rough Riders? Because you seem like a happier guy. Not saying you were gruff before, but at the end, like, let's be honest, the paper business was not what the paper business was when you started. Uh, Radio business is the same way in some respects, but it's a lot worse for the paper business, and I really felt my friend Rob Vance was kind of stressed out at the end there a bit. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. I mean, I still I still loved it. I'll always love the people that I I worked with there, and I, I just uh, I'll always cherish that time. But I just I just felt that things were I mean, some baggage was accumulating, and I just needed a, a fresh start. And the, the moment I decided I was going to take this job, suddenly, even before I'd actually formally taken the job, as soon as I decided, yes, I'm going to do this, suddenly I slept for ten hours. You know, I just felt relaxed. That uh, that stress-induced pain in the in the shoulder blades is gone, and uh, it was it was amazing. I didn't realize how much I was letting things get to me until uh, until I made that uh, made that change. And it just you know, it's nothing against the the paper or the people there. I just it just things were happening in the industry that were were I think accumulating more than I'd envisioned mm-hmm. and I didn't really realize it until I made the change and, and I'll always love the paper and still I'm still a subscriber and always will be and I just I, uh, I open it every day and I still love seeing my friends names there and I'm always proud I'll always be proud to have been 
associated with it, and I just love this new gig, too. I've had two dream jobs in a lifetime, and how many people can ever say that? Absolutely, man. Okay, so Rob, uh, I thought the rider, you know, CKRM was on location, and we were the first radio station ever, when you think about it, in over 100 years to cover the draft from the start till the end, so uh, we were proud of that. I said we're in the cement we're in the cement mixing portion of building a house when it comes to draft coverage, you know, because uh, a lot of people haven't done it. You were there writing stories, and I thought the riders did a great job uh, starting a, you know, a little draft party thing there, having Danielle on stage interviewing Lenius and Picton. Um, it was a good night, and it's the official kickoff to football season. I'm, I'm excited about this season. How about you? Yeah, I've got the same vibe, and it's really neat to kind of go into this in a different capacity. Um, and see it uh, unfold. Uh, I've, you know, I've seen, I mean, I've been following football seasons closely here since 1971, which predates your complete existence. And uh, <laughs> I've never seen it from this standpoint. And so, uh, I mean, I'm as intrigued as I've ever been, probably more intrigued than I've ever been about a football season because I've never had this perspective. I've never had this proximity. And uh, and just the, the, the people I'm working with, it just reminds me of, you know, my first few months of the Leader Post, I remember my first night at the Leader Post, May 12th, 1986. And, and I remember thinking, this is what I've been wanting all my life. And I had that same feeling my first day at the, with the Rough Riders on February 21st. And yeah. uh, uh, so that's the off-season. The, the, the only mode that I've known so far with the Rough Riders has been off-season mode. So to get the draft, to have a, you know, a scheduled football event, uh, and to be immersed in that, that was so cool. And now training camp is nigh, and uh, I'm looking forward to, to to seeing that. I was, you know, I just finished talking to Trevor Harris and Jake Winicky. They were out in the field throwing the football around today, and that that's what really drove it home that this is getting close. You know, Jake Winick, Jake Winicky, and Trevor Harris. They aren't just announcements of signings. There's footballs flying already, and that's what's really got me up today. And it seemed like two really good dudes. I think whether the, whether the riders wanted to admit it or not last year, there was a there was a little I don't know I want to say problems in the dressing room, but they just didn't seem to be very cohesive. I mean, it, there there were things, and we know what they were. They just need to have a a year that is drama free. They've got good good guys. It looks like they got some good character guys. And that's been the message that's been permeating since I, since I started. I hope I'm not the exception, but <laughs> you look at the entire organization and the, and the people they have, and it's just it's, I think it's the, the players that they have are reflective of the people in, in the business office and the ticket office uh, throughout the organization. I've just I've just been overwhelmed by it. So then I spend time you know chatting with Jake Winicky and Trevor Harris, and it's just like talking to two more nice people, and they're just absolutely first class. Jake was out there with his son today. His son turns three tomorrow. And just uh, seeing the father-son bond with this helmet that basically goes down to his waist. It was so cool. They're just, they're so obliging and so accommodating. And I just, I'm just so impressed by, by both of them as people. And that was the, that was the uh, billing coming in and, and they've more than more than lived up to it already at this early juncture. So lastly, you're 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 still in the you're still breaking stories, writing stories. Can you investigate for us? Will Jackson Ford get Al Ford's twenty one? Can you work out some sort of deal with Nelson Lacombo? Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I, uh, um, this isn't you know the. Uh, NFL, where you can just give you know offer somebody a new Lamborghini if they'll switch numbers, <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I, I don't think Jackson Ford wants to be, be precocious 
as a rookie to even ask. And, uh, you know, his, his dad, Rob Ford, wore number, number 11 when he played for the Campbell Tartans, and that's Larry Dean's number. Mm. And, uh, and Al also wore number 72 for part of his career uh, with the Rough Riders, but you're not, you'll never see a defensive back wearing number 72. So maybe in touch football. Mm. So uh, it's, uh, I would imagine Jackson will get a, get a, a rookie number, but first chance he gets to go to where if there's ever the chance to get number 21, I'm, I'm sure that will happen. It'd be so, so cool to see. Regardless, you know, I, regardless, it's a great story that, uh, that Jackson, it's full circle. Like you wrote. Oh, I mean, you know, it's, it's full circle. And for so many, you know, from the Ford family, uh, Jeremy O'Day uh, is the one who drafted Jackson Ford. And it was Alan Ford who signed Jeremy O'Day to play for the Rough Riders in February of, of 1999. So it's, uh, it's really a, it's funny how all of that happens. And it, it wasn't, trust me, I was in the draft room. I, I listened to the deliberations about who they were going to pick. And there was no hesitation when it came to pick number 11. It was Jackson Ford. That was who they wanted. It wasn't just, it wasn't just we're picking the local guy. That is, that was strictly a cherry on top or maybe 15 cherries and some strawberries on top. But the fact is they, they just wanted Jackson Ford as a player. And the fact that there's, Rider royalty in his family was a massive bonus. It was just such a. How often do you see a, a scenario where the number two draft pick uh, kind of gets more attention than the number one draft pick? It, that that one was just such a win from every standpoint. Yeah, not w- to not to not to diminish the drafting of Lake Corte more either, because that's a, I think that's going to be a really uh, cool addition and one that's been widely applauded. But the Jackson Ford one just had the human human interest angle that people like me just just. Uh, faint over. Well, have a good weekend, man. I know you'll be out on a bike somewhere hanging with your dog and your beautiful wife. Uh, we'll talk to you at training camp. We'll have you on from time to time, okay? Anytime. Thanks so much, Ballsy, and uh, safe travels up to South Dakota. Yeah, can't wait. Take care. That's Rob Vance. When we come back, a guy who was drafted by the Riders, who looked like he was coming to camp with the Riders, but has retired. Former Regina Ram, Riley Borsma, next in the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Nobody covers your team like our team. This is the Sports Cage on the Mighty 620 CKRM. All right, this show is brought to you by Nelson Home, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. Time to head out in the Western Pizza Hotline. Check your local Western Pizza for their takeout and dine-in options. This guy turned some heads at training camp last year with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, then went back to school and played uh, with the U of R Rams. And then I saw the transaction wire, Riley Borsman. It kind of surprised me. You're retiring. Tell me uh, the reasoning for that decision. Yeah, so, um, I mean, it was obviously a hard decision. Um, obviously, football has been a huge part of my life. Uh, but, you know, after my, like, second year of university, I got really quite into my academics. I knew I wanted to do my master's and eventually my Ph.D. Um, and although I was obviously excited about the opportunity to play football, I also had some, you know, mixed emotions from the start since I got drafted because I – I felt like I had kind of this, you know, very solid plan to go get my master's, get my PhD. uh, And it kind of, you know, threw a, you know, an obstacle in the way there. It was both like exciting, but also part of me missed, you know, being um, so focused on my academics. And I think that's a large part of uh, uh, why I ended up making this decision. I want to go do my master's and my PhD. So, I just thought it was 
time in my life to move on from football. And what field of study are you in? Uh, so my undergrad is in philosophy, politics, and economics, uh, but I want to do my master's and PhD in psychology. With an end goal of what? Help me out, because when I went to help this dumb radio announcer out, when I went to school, it was to be a radio announcer. What what, what are you doing? Um, so I haven't quite decided uh, which route I want to go, but right now I'm leaning more towards doing research. Um, but I would also be pretty interested in being a clinical psychologist, so I think I, I just want to get started with my master's and then, you know, kind of figure it out from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, which avenue I'd rather go down. Yeah, that's my daughter's uh, field of study, too. She wants to get into something like that, too. So I can uh, I can relate that way. Um, in terms of, uh, you know, your football, did, uh, did you get a, like, as it relates to the Rough Riders, they added a couple of, you know, they added Breskis in, and they've got a, a, a healthy uh, Canadian receiver uh, group. Did that uh, ever factor into your decisions? Like, you know what, it, it it might be, I don't want to say a long shot, but it might not, you know, I, I'd rather just move on with school. Maybe I'm not factoring into the plans here. Yeah, I think, you know, that, that definitely plays a part of it a little bit. Um, do I think I could have perhaps, you know, made the team, like, Maybe and maybe if maybe if I knew you know I had a hundred percent chance of of going and making the team and mm-hmm. uh, playing for the Rough Riders, then it would be a, a far more different decision uh, to make. But when it's kind of all unknown, uh, and then you're like, okay, well now I'm putting off my masters for a year for something I'm not even a hundred percent sure about, then it, it definitely you know that definitely does play a role. Uh, but I wasn't really like it wasn't those transactions or anything in particular. It was just always the fact that it's you know such an unknown going into those things, and I wasn't quite sure how much I wanted to um, to give up on other areas of my life to uh, to try and make that work. Yeah, and, and you know it's interesting because I brought this up before Riley. Uh, I've used Mason Nias, but there's um, been Matlin Riley who was drafted by the Riders. You look at some other guys, Nick Summick. Uh, Evan Macabroda, um, Ed Ilnicki back in the day when he played for the Golden Bears. There's lots of great Canadian players that uh, when they've got other options, they're probably going to look at those other options like yourself. And, and and part of it is, and this isn't, we're not talking NFL money here. And hey, you know me, I'm a big CFL guy. But when you look at it and it's, uh, you know, 70000 to start if you make the active roster, it's a lot to put your body through. And when you're a college athlete, right, you've, you know, I don't know if you've worked part time. I know in talking to my son, he goes, I can't wait to make my own money one day, dad. That, that factors into it too. It's a long time not making your own money, living off mom and dad. You, you probably have a sense of pride too, eventually. Yeah. I mean, that definitely is uh, part of it as well. You know, uh, like I just started surfing, uh, on a golf course up in BC here. And, uh, that's, I was like, Oh, like even like, it's not, you're not making a lot of money uh, in the CFL, obviously. And so it wasn't like I had, you know, maybe if I was going to, that, that would have played a factor as well, right? Like, because mm-hmm. I was also trying to trying to figure out financially what the best step forward is if I want to end up doing my master's. If I, you know, go spend my whole summer, you know, just doing training camp and then it's like, that's also, you know, three months of income that I could otherwise, 
That definitely plays a role as well. Yeah, that's a smart move. Riley Borsma joining us here for a couple more minutes. Former Ram receiver now retiring from football altogether and not going to camp with the Riders for the second straight uh, season. Hey, uh, uh, Riley, now... Uh, it's going to be weird for you. Like, I know right now as we talk, you're driving up with your family. You're going on a little paddleboarding trip up in BC, I assume, uh, just by what you just said there. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's kind of weird, right? Like, you're not going to be training for football now for the first time in a long time. Yeah, um, it's kind of weird, but uh, I'm also, so I'm really into rock climbing, uh, paddling, uh, kind of like longer distance things. Like I like to go on multi-day hikes and stuff like that. So even for like the past four months, well, it's also up in BC, like for the winter too. So I was doing a lot of skiing. Um, so it's weird. And I definitely have a part of me that's so used to training for football that I just like put it into other things. So I've been doing a lot of distance running and uh, a lot of mountain biking and stuff. Um, but it's kind of also exciting because those are all things that, you know, are hard to do when you're playing football. So as much as I'm going to miss football, I'm also excited to be able to, you know, take on some new adventures. And, you know, I just got back from like a week-long paddling trip up in BC. And now I'm actually in Ontario with my family. Oh, okay. So another week-long paddling trip. So, okay. Uh, well, I'm excited about being able to do all those kinds of things as well. Hey, Riley. More time. Riley, are you still playing the guitar? Didn't you pick up the guitar in the COVID uh, little uh, hiatus there? Yeah, I did pick up the guitar, but uh, I have not played uh, in a while. So, sold my guitar and then I bought a mountain bike. So that's it. You traded. You traded it. That's good. Well, hey, at least you know what what you want. That's what it seems like here. Lastly. Uh, just a shout out to the Rams or, uh, you know, maybe former teammates or coaches as you wrap up your football career. Cause, uh, you, you came to little old Regina and, uh, built a little, uh, little home here for a little while. Yeah. Uh, I actually just kind of recently, uh, so I moved out to BC like six months ago. I spent some summers up there tree planting and I, a lot of the things I love to do are, you know, kind of in, require mountains and different kinds of landscape uh, than there are in Regina. But it just kind of hit me. Uh, like, I went back, I got some of my stuff a month ago, and leaving all the people, at, you know, what the hard part is, though, leaving Regina. Uh, so you know, lots of great teammates. Uh, you know, Josh Donnelly in particular, I was out he was he was out in BC with me. We had there for the snow ski season. Uh, so that'll be someone I'll... Miss Dearly, uh, all the coaches, McConkey, all those guys. And, oh, yeah, and then also shout out to all the guys that just got drafted as well. Uh, four, five of them? Yeah, it was uh, uh, Josh White, Anthony Bennett, Tanner Schmeckel, and, of course, Jackson Ford. Jackson Ford, yeah. Um, so that's super exciting for them. Yeah, the, the community here in Regina was, you know, it was great, and I'm going to miss it a lot, so... Yeah, shout out to, you know, the whole Regina Rams and uh, everything that they did for me, giving me a sense of community, you know, moving out there as a young kid. Uh, it was nice to have that, that feeling of, uh, of comfort that comes with having a community like that. And I guess I should ask you, where are you finishing up your studies? Um, so I know I want to be, I, I'm like, want to go to Calgary is my uh, plan uh, for a master's, um, but 
we'll see. I'm still going to, you know, see apply to some other programs and kind of see where things go. Have fun with your family, man. It's been great uh, watching you play football. You're a great young man, and you got a bright future. Thanks for your time, man. Thanks. Appreciate it. 620 CKRM is proud to be the official radio partner of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports talk anywhere. This is the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. This is the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes on his Friday, supplying home packages and RTMs for 65 years. Actually, over 65 years they've been doing it so long and doing it well. Uh, talking about doing it uh, for a while and doing it well, it's Jim Mullen. He's been in this football game for a long time. Announcer, he was a big part of organizing uh, the Vanier Cup when it was in Vancouver in 2011. Uh, the greatest Vanier Cup game ever, maybe. Uh, that overtime thriller. And uh, yeah, he's the president of Football Canada. Uh, first off, big announcement today with uh, NFL Canada. Tell us about that, Jim. Well, first off, welcome to the show. Tell us about the announcement. Oh, and thanks for having me as well, Ballsy. Yeah, it's a significant announcement for us in that uh, it's our largest partnership in terms of uh, resources that Football Canada has ever uh, signed on to uh, with NFL Canada. Uh, there's a specific focus for NFL Canada uh, moving forward to uh, reach into developing girls' football, both on the flag and tackle side. Uh, there's also uh, a focus from them to reach underserved communities, whether those are communities that are uh, that have economic challenges to them, whether they're indigenous communities or or any other uh, across the country. So uh, by having that shield with us, I think it opens up more marketing opportunities for the NSO. And I think even in, in your own community, you've seen the impact of uh, – what NFL flag does in terms of attracting kids to playing the game, kids of the ages from eight to 12. Um, uh, I think flag is, uh, has got limitless potential in terms of where we might be able to take it with the Olympics. If we get the nod on, on having flag football at the LA 2028 games, uh, I think we're, we're on the edge of a real cultural shift in this game, and I'm uh, and I'm overjoyed that uh, that the NFL is a part of this with us. Well, I mean, they're the biggest entity in football. Uh, I I like the NFL. You know, both of us have a love for the three down game and uh, and the CFL. But anytime NFL Canada can uh, recognize something and and partner with Football Canada, that's not a bad thing at all. And speaking of that, you're in Montreal. Tell us why you're in Montreal. Kind of ties in perfectly, Jim, as we talk right now. That's right. It's the uh, Canadian Collegiate Flag Football Championships. We established this last year as uh, we're trying to make inroads uh, with U Sports to get flag football recognized as a P2 sport. What that means is that, you know, we want eventually to see uh, flag football teams be recognized as varsity teams. They already are in Quebec. That's probably the reason why we're running this in Montreal this year. The RSEQ actually runs women's flag. Uh, right now, this is a women's only uh, competition. Eventually, we'd like to have something on the men's side. But, you know, uh, for, for those of your listeners who don't know what Title IX is, it's a, it's, a, uh, it's a piece of policy in the United States that applies to uh, the NCAA where you want to give an equal number of uh, opportunities to uh, female athletes as you do to male athletes at the university level. 
I think that this is the path that we can take that will secure the 27 U sports teams on the men's side with an offset of women's opportunities on the flag side with all 56 schools uh, in U sports eventually to, to have those equal numbers of, of women playing and men playing at the uh, at, at the collegiate level and and I think there's an upside for the for the uh, men's game as well uh in that you know I think our future uh, officials and coaches can get their uh, first taste of doing that by supporting the women's programs on the flag side so those athletes right now uh that are playing university football will have those opportunities right on campus I believe in the next few years to grow in terms of supporting the women's game. So I think it's a win-win on both sides. Jim Mullen, Football Canada president, joining us here. Like I've said many times, we're very happy he's in the chair here doing what he's doing, but that's not going to be forever. You're on your uh, you're on your way out, uh, but still involved in, in other aspects of the game of football. Uh, what what has this role taught you? From, you know, maybe per, maybe personally, Jim, like what has it taught you about yourself and what has it taught you about the game that you didn't uh, – didn't know or working within the game, I guess. You know, one thing that has confirmed is that uh, governing anything in Canada <laughs> at any level, uh, <laughs> with it, whether it's the sports or the arts or actually governance, uh, governance itself, is really, really difficult and uneven. Uh, you've got uh, 10 provinces pulling in 10 different directions, regional groups, uh, you know, a lot of fractiousness uh, around the table, uh, quite frankly, that, that you have to uh, stick handle and, and negotiate. Uh, that, that's, that's one thing. You know, for instance, you know, we've got uh, Newfoundland with, with 250 members uh, with a voice at the table. Uh, and then you've got uh, a province that, that we've managed to turn around over the last few years, uh, Ontario, with 21,000 members. And they should be growing to about 30,000, I think, over the next year. You've got that sort of imbalance uh, in terms of in terms of needs and outlook, and, and that's one thing that we've uh, had to manage. And the other part is that I, I didn't think that uh, taking this position, uh, we'd get into the uh, into the policy weeds as much as we have, especially with uh, safe sport and abuse-free sport. But I think it's uh, it's something that's very worthwhile. Um, there's been a huge learning curve there for me. I'm very happy that, that Shannon Donovan, our executive director, is uh, an expert in those areas because she's been able to pilot that uh, with, with levels of government and, and Sport Canada. So uh, in terms of uh, learning about myself, patience, man. <laughs> Lots of patience, especially through COVID. Um, you know, we're str- still striving to uh, find a path to... Uh, you know, get the Canada Cup on TV to develop uh, what we do at the international level and get some exposure for it. The uh, World Championships uh, coming up in 2024 is a prime example. That thing should be on TV. Mm-hmm. We still don't have an agreement yet. So, you know, we've, we've buzzsawed now to get agreements with the CFLPA, the CFL, and NFL Canada the next one up is a is a uh, broadcast partner, in my opinion. You know, and 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 um, I, I'm happy to have you. Well, first off, as a friend, not to butter you up, but I'm also happy to have you on board in this whole SFU debacle. And let's wrap it up with that because you've been a leading voice in this from your from your perspective, uh, both uh, verbally and on Twitter. Uh, 
Are you optimistic it's going to go in the favor of the athletes? And, and just in general, you know, you're talking about all these great things. The CFL's given more money to grassroots football maybe than they ever have. NFL Canada. And then we've got, uh, to this point, an unbelievably impeccable institution. Uh, at least that was the perception. And now it's an absolute disaster what's going on on the left coast. Yeah, it, it is a disaster. I think it's a disaster on, on a number of sides. I think from the university's perspective, uh, you know, I was just talking about governance and policy and all those sorts of things. You know, they, they just didn't end around on everything that they were purported to stand for in terms of transparency and process and inclusion and, and diversity. The The football team is the most diverse group on campus and they're finding a way to uh, direct these young men off of campus. It, it's, it, it's, it, it's, the more you dig into it, the more alarming it is uh, on, on any number of levels. In terms of a resolution, there was a release that went out this morning. I've been uh, helping the alumni group, by the way, uh, mm-hmm. uh, coordinate the, uh, the media campaign. And I think the media campaign has been fairly good and fairly aggressive. And I think we've made our point. Uh, but, uh, Today we put out the offer that's been made uh, to Dr. Joy Johnson, the president of Simon Fraser, uh, to to bring the program back uh, to to work in consultation with one another uh, to try to to try to build this program back to where where it needs to be. The reason that 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 it's important from a Football Canada perspective, the first line that I said to you when you asked me about the SFU situation when we did an interview about this. Uh, uh, about a month ago when this first broke, you attack one of us, you attack all of us. We're like NATO. And so as we're defending Simon Fraser football, we're also defending 27 other programs across youth sports. Uh, even though uh, Simon Fraser is an NCAA Division II team, we wanted to send the signal out there that if you try to sacrifice a, a university football team, it's going to be damn difficult, and it's been difficult on Simon Fraser. Yeah, I love it. That's great, Jim. And uh, uh, congratulations on doing such a great job with uh, with uh, the group around you. And uh, have fun in Montreal. That's never a, that's never a boring city to be in, especially now when you're watching a national championship. Yeah, I love Montreal. It's uh, it's my favorite Canadian city outside of my hometown of Vancouver, and. Uh, and the football culture here is rich. And, and you know what? After dealing with all this SFU stuff, Ballsy, and, and, and dealing with, you know, policy and universities and this and that and the other thing, it's just going to be great to be in the sun watching people play football. That's supposedly what we're here for. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for your time, Jim. Take care, my friend. Anytime. Time now for the Cage Clutch Performer on 620 CKRM. And it's Tavares stopped by Bobrovsky. Nylander sent him in alone. Opened up a lane for a dangerous hockey player. Nylander, here's Tavares closing in. Shoulder save Bobrovsky off his left arm. Bobrovsky. He started off really slow last night. I mean, he gave up two quick ones, but from there on out, he saved the rest of the shots. He saved 35 out of 37 altogether. The Florida Panthers, they came back to win 3-2 to two the final score. So the Panthers, how about them? The Cats, 2 to nothing series lead. 
heading back home down to Florida for Game 3. Sergey Bobrovsky, your sports cage clutch performer for Nick Service in Emerald Park. Your local Massey Ferguson challenger, Rogator Gleaner, and Fent Dealer. Give them a call at 781-1077. With Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk, this is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Coming up after 4.30, we're going to chase the ace, the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation Lottery. And, uh, yeah, we'll be talking a bit about that. We're also going to... uh, what else have we got in the show today, Zinger? I lined it up, but I don't Luke know. Luke Mollander's going to be Oh, yeah, Luke Mollander's popping in. Uh, the Jays are taking on uh, Pittsburgh tonight. Uh, that game is not underway yet. We do have a game that's done. Chicago uh, beat uh, Miami. That's the Cubs over the Marlins. Yeah, the White Sox don't win baseball games. No. Padres play the Dodgers tonight, first of three in San Diego. At least you have something to watch tonight. Yeah, I wish the Oilers were playing tonight, yeah, but of course, Florida whined, so they had to move the game to Sunday. I always worry about my team staying an extra day in Vegas. It's not like they're staying an extra day in Santa Luda or Indian Head. Like, mm-hmm. they're staying in Vegas. Crazy. Let, let them have a night out, you know? Ethan Ball, Enjoy my themselves. son, is with us here. He just drove through Sintaluda and Indian Head. How was that last drive from, like, Mooseman home? Yeah, from about Brandon or Mooseman on, it's pretty boring. You pass you pass the same red barn about ten times on the way here, so it's not exactly exciting. I was going to ask if he went to the red barn in Mooseman, the I restaurant. Did, I did not. I always pass it. It's, it's a always great restaurant. It's, it's always good. busy. I want to just get home as fast as possible, so yeah, I just fly yeah, through there. Yeah. Well, Legally, legally, that's yeah. Right. yeah. Uh, the uh, uh, what's? How can I put this? Brandon is such an eyesore. Yeah, it's like I, a, I think I think the more like I travel, even like down there playing football, the more I realize like how good we have it here. People like to complain about Regina, but I've been to some pretty, some pretty bad bad spots around North like America. I love, now. The, I love North Dakota's people. Yeah, but for the most part, besides like Grand Forks, Fargo, Williston, Bismarck, it's not a lot happening. Like it's kind of run down. There's- yeah, and I mean a lot of college towns you go to, like there's not much in the city besides the college. That's kind of just how it is. What I've noticed now, the place I've been, like Youngstown, Ohio, like places mm-hmm. like that, like there's not much going on. Mm-hmm. And yeah, some of the towns you drive through, like a brand, then it's like yeah, we really don't have it bad here. So when people complain, I kind of just shake my head at them now. So uh, how's the shoulder? It's good. I, uh, Are you back? Do we have any news? Yeah. yeah Can I'm, you give us some I mean, news? I mean, I had my, la- my my surgeon actually retires at the end of June, so I had my last uh, appointment with him, and I'm just under the four-month mark, and he he basically cleared me for all activities, said I can I didn't do anything in the weight room running-wise, and then once camp starts in August, I'll be full go for football. So Pretty good level of football down there. I didn't really pay attention. Like, I knew Dressler and Schultz and, like, Dwayne L., your old coach, yep. who's now the commissioner of the yep. John High School yep. Athletic Association. They played there. I uh, But, like, you got uh, your running back, Hoosman, yep. signed a preferred free agent deal with the Chargers. Yep. Because Staley, kind of, Staley applied for the D coordinator job back in the day. Yeah, my safety coach actually, he told me a like, funny story. He's like, the first thing I did while I was on staff here in 2013 was we were hiring a D line coach, and Brandon Staley was one of the candidates, and he came in. And he said he was the most prepared candidate they've ever seen. Like he had all of, everything printed out, like the drills he wanted to do, like the game plan he wanted to run as a D line coach. 
but they said they already kind of had their guy selected previously, so they kind of let him walk. And then he was joking, like, this guy's the head coach at Chargers, and I'm still here coaching you guys. So yeah. kind of funny how that works out. So, but it is interesting, like the coaching tree, how guys like just get a break or get an opportunity, and look, that guy's now coaching an NFL team. You played against Bobby Petrino, who was a yep. Atlanta Falcons coach. Yep. And uh, where was he again? What team was he on? He Missouri, was, Missouri State, I think. Missouri State, that's right, yeah. Yeah, they were uh, they were interesting. You played against Terrell Owens, kid. Yeah, we you, did. You tackled him. But yeah, Hoosman's going to the Chargers as a free agent, and then Garrett Mogg, receiver, is going to the Eagles, and I think he's going to the Dolphins as well, Caps. So. What can you tell us about the Green Bay Packers' new tight end? I messaged you after yeah. the pick happened. Yeah. The Packers picked a tight end from South Dakota State. Fill us in, please. Yeah, Tucker Kraft, he's a good football player. I think like out of all the tight ends we've played, like including Nebraska, any of those guys, like he was definitely one of the better players. Um He's versatile. He's a good catcher of the football. He's big. Like he's decent in the run game. I think blocking wise. Um, but against us, he the two times I played him down there, he he carved us up pretty good in the in the secondary. So he's a good guy. He can move. He can run, and he's big. So he'll he'll be a good pickup for sure. Nice. He's wearing number eighty five. Robert Tunyon's old yep. number. Saw that. Oh, you know, you really know your Packers stuff. Oh, don't you? Now Zinger texted me right after the draft. Like, Is, we get a good guy here in Tucker Craft. <laughs> well, that's a good. That's a good. You text Zinger more than Zinger texts me. It's crazy. <laughs> I always have to text Zinger first. Anyway, when we come back, we'll talk a little more football. I want to get your take on the draft because uh, a couple of the guys that you played against when the draft actually is kind of neat. You're kind of in the same age range as them, so we get a little inside story. Uh, but first, we got to chase the ace on the other side of the 4:30 news and our CFL report. This is the sports cage for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM. All right, it's 431 with your sports ticker, and it's for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They will treat you right. Just give them a call at 781-2090. Just one game in the National Hockey League playoffs tonight. The New Jersey Devils taking on the Carolina Hurricanes. The Hurricanes with a one to nothing series lead. Puck drop for that one, 6 p.m. Saskatchewan time. And the Toronto Blue Jays, they're trying to bounce back. They just got swept in Boston at Fenway Park, and it was not a pretty series. They are in Pittsburgh tonight to take on the Pirates. The Sports Cage is your voice for football, not only in the province, but around Canada. This is the Sports Cage CFL Report. A look at what's happening in our three-down game. CFL Report for Kevin's Marine. Make the most of summer with a boater pontoon from Kevin's Marine in Fort Coupel. KevinsMarine.com. Well, the 2023 CFL Draft, it's in the books. And in round seven, pick 60 overall, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders selected linebacker from the University of Manitoba, Nick Thomas. Welcome to Rider Nation, Nick. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, now, <laughs> as a bison, did you like rolling in and playing in Regina in the nice stadium? It's a beautiful stadium. And, you know, like I've had a great time every time I've been to Regina. So... You know, I'm excited. How does it feel coming behind enemy lines now and maybe putting on a green and white jersey? No, I feel the same way. That like I was just driving up to the stadium today, and I was getting mad at. <laughs> I was getting mad so, to the Bomber Stadium, and I was just like, Cause we should be share the same locker room. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so I'm on, I'm on the same page with you too. That's awesome, man. Well, how does it? I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you go. But how does it make you feel? When Brian Doby says you're one of the best players he's ever coached, and he has coached a lot of players at Manitoba, been a very successful coach. When he said you're one of the best players and people he's ever coached, how does that make you feel? I feel honored. Um, there's been a lot of good football players in our program that I've played with, like Brock Allenlock, you know, Marcel, and 
a lot of others that I can name and a lot of alumni like Dave Onimata, uh, like Evan Gill, like a, a lot of those guys, you know, and it's, it's an honor that he thinks I'm, a, you know, I'm up to par with them and, you know, I had as a person as well, so. It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. And welcome back to the Sports Cage. Time now, as we do every Friday this time slot, for Chase the Ace, the lottery presented by Viterra, and it runs through the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation. Carly's here. How are you? Good. How are you? Doing real well. Uh, um, are we all pumped over there for the season or what? We're ready to go yet. It seems like there's a little bit of life coming to Mosaic Stadium now. Some guys coming in, so I think it's going to be a good one. That's outstanding. Okay, so let's uh, let's get right down to it. So here's what happens. We uh, draw your name just randomly in the computer, and you automatically won $950 for our weekly prize. Mm-hmm. But if you pull the Ace of uh, Spades, which is the Braden Lenius jersey, which I'm wearing right now online, if you're checking it out, thanks to my sidekick, Curtis, for bringing that in. I always forget my other Braden Lenius jersey. <laughs> you will Win if you pick the Ace of Spades, twelve thousand seven hundred and one dollars in addition to your nine hundred and fifty dollars. So you will get paid for one day, like Carly gets paid all the time over at the Riders <laughs> yeah, uh, I wish. office. Yeah, isn't that That'd cool? Okay, so let's get right down to it, Carly. Let's see what we got yes. happening here. Let's see who we got as a winner here. Mm-hmm. Okay, Glenda Wong. Glenda is our Wong. Winner. Nice. So Glenda Wong. So we will pass that on to our lovely and talented assistant, Ryan Mashork. There we go. And, and Mosh. Well, yeah, you're right. You're not really lovely or talented, but you're the best one we could find. <laughs> so you're going to pass that on to Sean Kleisinger. We'll try to call her three times. If she doesn't answer Glenda Wong, then I get to pick the number. Now, uh, big things this weekend over there at the stadium too. Got the big rider rally. We had Mark yeah. Johnstone on the show, Johnston on the show earlier, uh, in stadium host, host of our Play 92 morning show. Uh, he's doing a Q&A with a bunch of the players. I think it's Harris, Winnicky. Who else? There's a few, a couple other guys coming. He, who else? Oh, uh, Sean Bain Jr. is another mm. one coming and, uh, Mason Fine and, uh, Shea Patterson. So a couple of quarterbacks, a couple of receivers, and we've got like face painting. You can learn to kick field goals. Could yep. you kick a field goal? I don't think so. You know, I've tried a couple times. Have and you? I think I should stay behind the scenes for it's, the football. It's a stuff. lot. Uh, it's a lot harder than it looks. Yeah. Sean and I did it in L.A. with the uh, the at the Rams Chargers. We took some listeners at the new stadium there, and uh, we both made it from thirty. But I was limping for about a week. <laughs> I realize I'm not twenty anymore. I'm fifty years old. What else is shaking over there uh, at the at the stadium and in preparation for the season for you guys? Yeah, like I said, we're just we've been getting the stadium ready with our big draft party this past yes, week. Yes, that was great. Got some great guys in and. A lot of community stuff wrapping up before the season starts. We'll get our players out there as much as we can before um, the season gets going, and that's about it. We're Are you in training excited. camp too? Like, do you go up the training camp as well? I know it's a little yep. bit longer this year. Yeah. So foundation doesn't do too much, but what we do uh, for the green and white game is we bring some community partners into the game in Saskatoon. Um, we get them some good seats they get to watch some football and we get hang out with them so it's lots of fun what's your favorite part about working for the rough riders carly Ooh, good question there's lots of great perks but for me i get to do fun community stuff so you know when we see we a couple weeks ago we brought a family into the stadium for a tour and she got to meet the little girl got to meet some of her favorite players and get a hug from keen schaefer baker which she was so pumped about so seeing that stuff is is pretty heartwarming we just had the uh punchline comedy in yes. saskatoon that was a fun uh fun night yes. too. i was at that yeah it was good 
Yeah, lots of fun. We uh, haven't got all the numbers yet, but I think we raised some good money for some mental wellness in the province, and uh, we were really happy with the turnout. Yeah, so the foundation does a great job not only supporting football, but things like mel- mental wellness. Okay, let's go to the phone and say hi to Glenda Wong. Glenda, how are you? I'm good. Even well, better you should since be you good. phoned me. Yeah, well, that's the first time a woman's ever said that to me, to be quite honest with you. My mom doesn't even say that. Uh, Glenda Wong, $950 richer. See, I gotta pay you to like my phone call. How, do, how does that sound to you? Oh, that sounds wonderful. Thank you. Okay, so you got that automatically, and in no way do you have to give that, any of that money or buy anything for your favorite radio announcer or me. You don't have to do that at all, okay? Well, sounds good. Sounds good. Okay, good. You weren't going to do that anyway. Uh, but no. now you have a chance to win an adi- <laughs> At least she's honest. Uh, now you have a chance to win an additional $12,701. You gotta pick a number between 1 and 52. If that number you pick, the envelope, has the Ace of Spades in it, a.k.a. the Braden Lenius card, you'll get that $12,701. But regardless, you get $950. Now, you pick a number between 1 and 52. I'll tell you if that number's already been picked, then you'll have to pick again. So here we go. Pick a number between 1 and 52. Okay, I'm going to go with 42. 42 is not taken. Eddie Lowe's old number. So here we go. Eddie Lowe... Great rider, linebacker. By the way, Glenda, who's your favorite rough rider? Thank you. Right now. Right now? Well, I yeah. have to go Do with Moncrief. Favorite? Oh, and I like Derek Moncrief. It's, yeah. it's Shaker Baker. Yeah, well, Moncrief's number 42, too, so great. No, that's a, that's a good way to stay local. I stayed, like, in the 80s, and you pick local, so <laughs> you should maybe do this show. Here we go. Carly, you open up the envelope there. Yeah, here we go. She's ripping it open. If it's an ace of spades, extra $12,701 for Glenda Wong, who's not sharing it with anybody, nice. she said. This is not the ace No, of it's a four of hearts, so you'll have to buy no. again. But but here's the beauty, Glenda. You can continue to buy again, just like we've had repeat winners, and you have a chance as the pot grows to win. So it's starting at 5 o'clock, right, Carly? You bet. 5 o'clock, yep. you can buy tickets. So congratulations, uh, Glenda. The riders will be in contact with you, the foundation. And thanks for playing Chase the Ace. Thank you. Well, thanks so much. Take care and have a great weekend. Thank you, Carly. Yes, thank you. Take care and we'll uh, talk to you in uh, maybe a training camp. I hope so. That'll be great. Well, hopefully we're both there (laughs) safe and sound. This has been the Chase the Ace Lottery presented by the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation and Viterra. We'll be back with more of the Sports Cage in a moment on 620 CKRM. Our house is your house. Welcome inside the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio 620 CKRM. All right, let's get after it. Show's brought to you by Nelson Homes, playing home packages, RTMs for over 65 years. And uh, all our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline after five. Farhan Lalji will join us. Uh, Zinger, so I'm kind of, I'm looking at this helmet. It's uh, New Argos helmet. Friday, they released a video revealing the new lids, which will be in the traditional shade of Cambridge blue worn by the Argonauts Rowing Club when it founded the club in 1873. It's always been a part of the team's official colors featured on their uniforms, but it has been usually a secondary highlight to the darker Oxford blue of their previous helmets and jerseys. You think it'll look dumb to go Cambridge blue helmets 
and then the the dark Oxford blue jerseys. I just think it would look a little off. I'd have to see it. I'd have to see it in, in front of me, Ballsy, before I can yeah. come to a conclusion here. Mm. You know what I mean? Third jersey. When was the, sorry to cut you off, yeah. but when was the last time we've seen a helmet this color? North Carolina Tar Heels. North Carolina is Tar Heels. That, is that like the only one? Because think, think of them; they have the same color jersey as as helmet. Yeah, know? they got. They're gonna have to go same color jersey. That's yeah, what I right. mean. You're right. You're, well, there's a there's some well, there's, come on. there's rules when oh, it comes come to Come on unis. now, come on now, come on now, come on now, come on now. Rider green on a black jersey. You went rider green on a black jersey. Wouldn't that be the same thing? You went dark. You went rider green on a dark jersey with green numbers. Back you mean in the like, day, you mean like you green had the helmet, green helmet, but black, but black is different. Black is different. How's black different than navy? They're still dark. Oh, black, black is different. Well, the color's different, but the concept is a different. <laughs> hey man, it's different. Did you like Ethan Ball? My son's here. What do you think of this helmet? Black is I, a shade. I like the color. I like the color. I mean, I'm I might agree with Zinger. I don't know much about. Of course jer- you I'm, I don't. I'm a, I don't know much about jerseys to be honest with you. I mean, I saw the Cardinals release new jerseys, NFL, and those okay, were terrible. On. So I, I don't know. See, don't, Luke and and Sean like those jerseys. I didn't like the Cardinals. I think jerseys? they're I think they're terrible. Oh. I think they're terrible. They somehow I, made, well, I sent the pictures. I wanted them to go to the Emmett Smith type yeah, jerseys. They, somehow they made a bad jersey worse, in my opinion. And <laughs> yeah, I, they did. And I like I like the Argos jerseys now. I don't think they're bad. Like they have a good color scheme. I don't know what they're going to do, to be honest. Teams seem to be messing it up, so I don't know. I'll tell you what, though. This will be the third CFL uni to be changed out. Uh, you saw yeah, the other ones. Calgary. I like Calgary's white with the red pants and the white stripe down the side. Yeah, and I like I like both the BC's colors. Yeah, B- BC's are good, too. I like Calgary. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the like red and white to begin with, but Calgary did a good job, and BC's look fine. So maybe Toronto will do a good job. I don't know. So uh, Yeah, but you're a young kid into the swag. Yeah. Does swag matter to young kids? Well, it does to young kids for sure. Well, I mean, you're a young kid. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I mean, I guess like look good, feel good, play good kind of thing. But I think you can make any jersey really look look good and like swag it up. So it's not. I a thought huge you deal. told me you were gonna tape your fingers instead of wear gloves, and then you went away from that. I thought yeah, I would like to see that. I yeah, like to see that. It is gritty. It is gritty. I mean, I typically don't wear gloves in practice, um, and then I just figured if I don't wear them in practice and I wear them in a game. Like it just makes a huge difference in terms of like catching the ball and stuff. But I don't know. I'll consider it. It is a gritty look. I like it. Eric I like Weddle the, used to do Eric that. Weddle did do it with the beard. And I do the like beard, that. I do beard, like that. I do beard. like that. So I'll consider is it. it. Isn't it not easier to tackle when you don't have gloves on, or is it harder? It hurts, to tackle? It hurts your fingers a lot more. Like when yeah. you don't wear gloves, you don't realize like how torn up your hands well, get. Then don't, like your fingers. Yeah, you better oh, say yeah. that. I mean, it's, it's your hands, not a huge deal. So it's like, it is what it is. <laughs> it's your hands. It's just your hands. It's just your hands. It's not a huge deal. No. Um, um, let's talk about the CFL draft, because yep. you were uh, watching that. Yeah, I actually didn't, to be honest with you, I didn't watch any of it. I well, listen to ours. I listen, That's what I meant. That's I what I meant. To your, I listened to your guys' show I mean, down. you paid attention yeah, to from it. Yeah, the, from the States, I listened to your guys' show. And yeah, there were some interesting picks, and you guys did a great job of covering it, so I thought that was really cool as well. Um, a couple guys that I knew got picked, so that was cool. Yeah, what did you think of Jackson Ford going to the Riders? Yeah, that was an interesting pick. That's exciting for him. I mean, to be stay home and keep the bloodline and the green and white's really cool. And He's a great guy. I mean, I played hockey with him when I was younger, um, and I trained a little bit with him too, with like Vincent and stuff, like through Vincent 
Justin Donaldson, and Jackson's a great guy, so that's a great opportunity for him to stay home here in Regina. And then Josh White goes to uh, the, Josh the Red Blacks. I don't, I don't know him as well. I mean, I, a little bit. Um, Tanner Schmeckle, you know well. Yeah, Tanner Schmeckle was a for oil. I played with him in my grade nine year. Um, he's a good dude, so that'll be cool for him in Winnipeg. And then, yeah, Josh White, that's a good pickup for Ottawa, so um, that'll be interesting. It'll be a nice city to live in, too. So And Anthony Bennett, the other D lineman, goes. He, the, the Bombers just signed him today, as a matter of fact. Yeah, and then UND, UND had a guy, um, he transferred out, but I played with him for a year, too. Quinton Seguin, um, he got drafted by Ottawa as well, yeah. so that, that'll be interesting. And then yeah. uh, a couple guys that I know at NIU um, play with that Cole Tucker that went to the Calgary Stampeders, and they say he's a really good football player, too. He's going to the Minnesota Vikings camp first, but he, he could end up here in the CFL. So uh, Jalen Philpott of the Stamps is a torn hamstring. He's going to yep. need surgery. How 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 like the injuries like hamstring is terrible that's a tough one and even like a high ankle sprain yeah, no. those are the worst the worst the worst injuries honestly i've seen besides like major breaks and stuff like the worst injury you can possibly have is a soft tissue stuff like the hamstrings i know guys on the team that we had a corner this this spring ball um, he hurt his hamstring running in like January and he was dealing with that thing all the way up until now, like just re-aggravating it if you don't let it heal properly. So to tear a hamstring like that is really awful. Um, hopefully you can come back from it, but they, those are the injuries you want to avoid. Like any of those soft tissue injuries are the worst quads or hamstrings. So is that, that exciting for you to sit and listen to a draft knowing that like you're only like two years away maybe? Yeah, it is cool. And it's cool just to see those guys like live out their dreams. And that's like always been my dream, obviously as a kid to like play professional football and obviously that's just a start for those guys but to hear your name called is pretty special so it's definitely something I'm looking forward to, to doing in the next couple, couple of years. I'm asking you questions I kind of know because we talk every yeah. day about four times but do you have like a backup plan? Like look at Riley Borsma today. Riley Borsma retired from mm-hmm. football. We had him on the show he said he didn't want to have a setback he didn't want to postpone going for a clinical psychologist like he wants to get his PhD and he thought if you went to the camp with the riders and they've added more Canadian talent at the receiver core if he goes to camp with the Rough Riders, maybe, you know, there's no guarantee he's making it, and then he's set himself back. So he just made a tough life decision. He seems happy with it, but, like, do you have a backup plan, or you're just all in right now till till the wheels fall well, off the wagon? Well, I mean, that's fair, too. I've talked to, like, Kyle Borsa and multiple other guys, too, like Mason Ice and stuff, and... I mean, that's the, the, the give and take, right? Like, you're not going to get rich playing the CFL, and football's a hard game. Like, I've already had a couple surgeries because of it. Um, so you can see when these guys get to that age, it's like the risk-reward. Like, is it worth it? But, I mean, I don't know. Then you see, like, a uh, um, couple guys, like, in Delicate, or um, the yeah. safety in Hamilton's making, like, $169,000 this year. Good so, day, like, yeah. like, that's a... That's a great salary for six months out of the year, and you can build a brand that you're a professional football player. And so I don't know. It's, it's the risk reward. I mean, I do. I mean, school's obviously always been Plan A, and I think once I'm done, I I would like to go into law school eventually. It's kind of something that's interested me a lot. Um, but ideally, I'd love to play in the CFL for as long as I can and go do that afterwards, kind of build up a brand and a name for myself. But if that doesn't work out, then. I'm a smart guy. Okay, so I'm going to ask school. you a question because yeah. I got into a fight with Randy Chevrier and I went on his <laughs> podcast and he was saying how most kids would do the USFL, XFL before the CFL. Yeah. You've talked to your buddies. Yep. One of your buddies' most recent teammates, Evan Holm, is in Winnipeg with the yep. Blue Bombers. Doing well, yeah. What does he think of the CFL? He loves it. He he loves like the three-down game. All, all my buddies, honestly... 
the ones that I've talked to, like they watch the XFL, USFL, like CFL, and they love the CFL. Like my buddy Sammy, he said if we had better TV deals down there, like there'd be way more people watching the CFL. He's like, I, I love the CFL. And as DBs, like in receivers, guys that I've talked to, like it's exciting. We throw the ball all the time. They're like, man, the guys are always in coverage, like making plays on balls. Evan Holm is like, dude, like they throw the ball like 60 some percent of the time, 70 percent of the time. He's like, this is fun. This is exciting. Mm-hmm. So most guys that I've talked to, they're like, look, CFL is an established league. They got their own facilities, like good facilities, like here in Saskatchewan. Um, people watch the league and care. Like they get people to come out to the games, and you can make a decent living too. And like I've told Sammy, like a Westgate's, like will stay up here because they, mm-hmm. for example, they make a name for themselves up here, and they're a nobody from like wherever they're from. For example, like a Carolina or wherever they're from. So um, what would make your what would make your you're you're a football nut. You come by it honestly. You you're my son. You hang around with degenerates <laughs> yeah. like Sean Kleisinger. Come on, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who <laughs> critiques jerseys? He actually cut the Calgary Stampeders equipment manager down because <laughs> live on the air, <laughs> live on the air because he put little black little things by their helmet temples. He's like, well, how could you do that? You ruined the whole thing. Like, it's funny. It but anyway, how would we get your, like, bu- guys in your age group and buddies, like, yeah. how would we get them turned on to the CFL? Well, I'll tell you one thing that turns them off, like, the C- for the CFL Combine to not be available to watch anywhere is like that's a joke quite frankly like my buddy Sam he's a, he's a football nut he's probably the biggest football nut I know he watches everything and he's like he's like dude I literally couldn't watch the CFL combine this year he he actually sent a message to the CFL and they got back to him like thanks for your feedback he's like this is a joke that I can't watch this in America like I want to watch this so like to me it's got to do a better job of marketing players like kids my age like don't really know who the best players in the CFL are. Like if you're if you're gonna ask like Jackson Ford or a guy like who's your favorite safety to watch, they're not gonna tell you a guy in the CFL. No, he told me NFL yeah, guys. They're gonna tell you a guy in the NFL, like which Derwin James, which, or and it's like most of Canadian kids' dreams is like they're probably gonna end up in the CFL. Why are you not watching and cheering on guys that 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 could mm-hmm. be you one day making that mm-hmm. kind of money? So. I mean, I know we need to do a better job of marketing our star players, and then we need to make it more available for people to watch. Like, the CFL Combine needs to be posted everywhere. Guys jump and running like they do in the NFL. Like, it should be available for everybody to watch. So, definitely social media and just marketing guys better for kids my age. Yeah. So, um, uh, oh, what was I going to say? Oh, I just slipped my mind. Something about draft. Oh, what was it? No, I'm just. Well, it used to be able to watch the the combine. Yeah, well, that's ridiculous. It was. It was. No, no like, what about they take C- it away? Well, it's like CFL, we're taking a C- step back. CFL week should be back. Yeah, that was I mean, like I you went to CFL yeah, week I, with me. I was younger then, but that yeah. was a, that was a great week. Like that was exciting to see guys. And I think I think like Mason Nias was on the Huskies at the time, and they came in and did like a little tournament with the. Um, yeah, like a seven on seven or something yeah. like Manitoba. Like yeah. they just got involved. Like all yeah. the, all the young guys yes, and the CFL did. guys were yeah. CFL guys were in town. You could like rub shoulders with the CFL guys. I think that's like the coolest part about the CFL is like you're never gonna get close to like a Derwin James or a Justin Herbert where it's like you could you could go see a Trevor Harris like at a draft party. He was like, at our yeah, draft exactly. party. Yeah, like, you could go rub shoulders with Trevor Harris, which is like one of the better play one of the better quarterbacks in your league. Yeah. which I think is like the coolest part about the CFL. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like stuff like that. They need to bring back like the fan involvement to get people like watching games and knowing players what do you think of the xfl and usfl i mean i'm not going to cut it down completely because like a guy like myself i want to see people get the opportunity to play football um and i think like it's been it's it's a tougher sport to play because you only have really two leagues you've only ever really had two Mm -hmm. consistent leagues in the nfl and the cfl where you can make money and all these other leagues are kind of come and gone i think the xfl is doing a a pretty a decent job of trying to like market themselves at least they're trying like they're putting in an effort the jerseys are good like they're trying to put up they got fans yeah there's like dc has a decent amount of fans trying to make it exciting and fun so i'm gonna give them credit i watched 
like two games of the USFL. It's I mean, there's nobody there. They got to pump in fake noise. I don't know about that league, but it'd be nice to see one or two of these leagues stick around. I mean, they're never going to compete with the CFL or the NFL, but if it gives guys that maybe don't like a Garrett Mogg on my team that maybe doesn't make an NFL roster or a CFL roster, you go play there for a season and then get more tape and more looks for a CFL or NFL team is I don't think it's it can only be a good thing. So yeah, it's awesome, man. That's great, uh, great analysis there. I I like it for sure. Um, are our Oilers going to come back here? Or what? Yeah, you were freaking out the other night. Oh, you, were saying, you were saying you were going to be all Mr. Positive. I was for yeah, the last you were, year. You were saying in the Kings, oh, I'm going to be positive, I'm going to be positive, and we went down 2-1, and you were, credit to you. The whole thing. And then game one, we come out flat, we're playing terrible, and you're just blowing up my phone, freaking out <laughs> that we're, we're done, we're not going to win the series, blah, blah, blah. I think they're probably either going to give them the gentleman sweep and win four straight. I said at the start of the series, it'd be in six. I said And five. my thing is, the Oilers could not play worse than they played in game one. They had one guy really carrying the load in Dreisaitl, and it was still a one-goal game until the very end. What a so, beautiful goal he yeah. scored. Eight. So I think I think they're going to win in six. I'm not too worried about yeah. it yet. Ballsy went off on me about his Padres, yeah. and I had to talk him off the cliff about it because yeah. it was like the first week of the season. I mean, I'm like, a fan! The season's over! I, mean, I can't do it anymore! I mean, my roommate's a Twins fan, and I'm like, dude, <laughs> it's the start of May. Like, as long as you're around 500 right now... He's their first, the Twins. I know. I know, but I know, but he always is freaking out. And I'm saying, as long as you're around 500 right now and you're not the how about Oakland, your, Oakland A's, we it's going to go, be okay. We got to go here, but how about your other roommate who is a university, he's a college softball fan. He likes yeah. Oklahoma State Cowgirls yeah. softball. He's, he's 24 years old. He's a grad assistant coach, and his favorite, one of his favorite sports to watch is softball. He like he ordered pair like he cowgirls ordered, Oklahoma State Cowgirls apparel. He wears like jerseys and stuff, one t-shirt love, jerseys. One yeah. Oh, crazy! <laughs> when we come back, we hear from Farhad Lalji. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Sports talk lives here. Welcome to another hour of the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. Yes, Michael Ball back here with my buddy Sean Kleisinger. Shows brought to you by our friends over there at Nelson Home Supplying Home Packages RTMs for over 65 years. You can always text us, 936-6262. We were having some technical difficulties. Hopefully you can get that text line back and going. Brought to you by the Capital Auto Group. We do have it up. Not quite. Okay, still in in flux. It's performing as well as the Toronto Maple Leafs. And uh, we'll head out in the Western Pizza Hotline now. Get it hot, get it fast, Western Pizza. I'm going to order myself some Western Pizza tomorrow. 5 o'clock, watch the Edmonton Oilers take on the Las Vegas Golden Knights. We're joined by Farhan Lalji from TSN. Hey, should they panic in Toronto about the Leafs? Is it time to panic, Farhan? Boy, I sure hope so. Don't you? Uh, nice <laughs> shot there coming on the air. I love it. Every time the Leafs struggle, it's a good thing, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, you know, the one thing I will say, though, is that you look at the NHL playoffs, and does home ice even matter, right? I mean, and it, it hasn't for the last few years. And you look at the numbers, and road teams have so much success. It's so it's so different than the NBA, where there's a there's an appreciable difference in the number of calls a home team in an NBA playoff game. But in the NHL, it's different, and... So, you know, could Florida go to – or Toronto go to Florida and win a couple? Sure, they could. But, boy, you know, to go be up 2 nothing in that game, to wind up blowing that lead. You know, Austin Matthews has been pretty ordinary so far in the first two games. I think they do have a reason to worry. And, and uh, hopefully Florida can make quick work of this team. I think uh, – I think um... – 
the NHL, hockey actually in general, home ice matters the least. It matters in football because you got to call plays over a roaring crowd if you're the road team. Um, and also NBA because of what you said and also because of the, you know, the music and the, they're closer to, to you and the playing surface. So I think it, it NHL's probably or hockey just in general, probably home ice means the least. I would agree. You know, and even in baseball, right? You get last bats, and that matters. And you'd think the line changes matter a bit, but you see fewer coaches that are just so obsessed with hard matching because, you know, you generally don't want your matchup line out as often as you want your top line out, right? So unless you can go best on best, you're less inclined to do that. And it doesn't seem to make as big a difference with the officiating, right? I mean, in basketball, the fans are right on top of the officials, so they certainly feel it. So I think the term greasy road win you know what used to be a thing is just not a thing anymore that's how people are equipped to play and uh, you know if, you, if you've got a, a team that maybe doesn't have the, the, the same level of star power that's just how you're equipped to play and you're able to slow down and neutralize elite talent and uh, certainly Florida's been able to do that and look this Florida team you know they, they're not that far removed from the team that won the President's Trophy a year ago so probably what happened during the season was a bit more of the anomaly uh, than what they're doing in the playoffs right now Matthew Kachuk's going out of his mind so between that the you to be up to nothing in the series. Yeah. Farhan Lalji from TSN joining us here on the Western Pizza Hotline. Uh, you know, the NHL, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, an expansion team, have been really successful for the most part and a nice start for the uh, Seattle Kraken. But we shouldn't be surprised. I mean, uh, looking at the history, right, Farhan? The, uh, the Seattle Mariners in 1995 won their first playoff series. The Seattle Seahawks won their first playoff game in 1983. And going all the way back to the Supersonics, they won their first NBA playoff series back in um, in 1975, but it is good for the NHL. The Kraken are doing well here. Yeah, you know, and it's a little different than than Vegas, right? Because Vegas had a much better setup as far as mm-hmm. their expansion process was concerned. Even though the rules weren't that different, the teams knew how to operate and navigate it a little bit better when Seattle went through it, right? Whereas opposed to what Vegas did, it was so new and they were able to just rob everybody blind. So. I think the impressive part about Seattle is that there really hasn't been a huge difference between what that roster looks like last year versus what it looks like this year, right? And this is not a team that's got star power. It's not a team that's being carried by goaltending at all, right? I mean, I think their defense is pretty good, but they've got a bunch of forwards that are, that are just comfortable playing the style that Dave Haxel wants them to play, and they're, they're skating, and they're right on you all the time immediately as soon as you touch the puck. And guess what? they got cap flexibility. They're only going to get better, so... Uh, you know, for me, just what we saw last year out of Seattle, it, they look like an expansion team. And this year, they look like Vegas's first year, right? So it's impressive that they've been able to turn it around that quickly with, by and large, the same roster. CFL draft uh, concluded. We did our radio coverage. You had your TV coverage. Um, just uh, your overall thoughts of the draft. Yeah, you know, it was a thin draft, right? I, I don't think there's any running from that. And generally, we kind of gauge that based on the lineman quality, right? And it just wasn't there compared to what we've seen previously, but that's not a reflection on just how good the Canadian talent is. It actually means more that the Canadian talent is really, really good that you've got, you know, seven guys that are getting meaningful NFL opportunities, including five, they get drafted in the first five rounds, right? So you really found a scenario where players best are available as opposed to what your needs are. And the right? I mean, we get a rundown for this draft show, and every year you basically are scratching everything out before the draft even starts 
And then during the first round of the draft, there's just so many trades and so many changes. But now there's 100 in draft up. You know, I know uh, Saskatchewan kicked the tires a little bit. Get Dante Bolt potentially, right? Because, you know, they certainly have a need for Canadian offensive linemen in Saskatchewan. And, and Bull is the one guy that people viewed could play in his first year, even if not week one, as he still recovers from the injury. But to make that happen, right? It was just purely a kicking of the tires. And I talked to the Ottawa guys. They didn't get a lot of activity, right? I mean, usually the day before the draft, things really start heating up and you get a sense of what's going to happen. So that part was interesting for me. And, you know, I think that there's some, some interesting picks, including Lake Corte Moore, the guy Saskatchewan got with their first pick. I love that kid. You know, I watched him play in the Shrum Bowl and uh, on a few other occasions at UBC. And when you look at the D-lineman, his motor is nonstop. He's also going to be able to be a really good big body that can play on special teams and run and do some things in that regard. So some people felt that it was a little bit high for him to go, but boy, I don't think so, right? I, I, like, I, I think this player is a very good one, and you know, you look at some of the other defensive ends or defensive linemen and teams, you know, whether it's Francis Bemi that BC took or uh, Uguak uh, that uh, Montreal took, who were, who were kind of graded as the top guys, you know, those are guys that want to play end and their teams want them to play inside. So there's going to be a little bit of that, some convincing and getting their body where it needs to be. There'll be none of that with Lake Corte Moore. He'll play wherever you want, play all four specials, and just be the hungriest player on the field. Yeah, we had him on the show this week. He seems like a good dude, and yeah, we have watched him out here in Can West. Thanks for your time, Farhan. We will catch up with you next week and right through training camp as it's right around the corner. Can't wait. Looking forward to it. Take care, bud. Have a good weekend. Take care, you too. That's Farhan Lalji from TSN. When we come back... Well, let's get the maybe uh, early runnings for clip of the year. I know Giannis had a good one when he was talking about winning and losing, but this was uh, this was right to the point from Samsonoff yesterday after they lost to Florida. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. We're talking sports on your way home. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Michael Ball along with Sean Kleisinger and uh, my offsprings in the control room too, Ethan Ball. In from college for a few weeks. It's kind of messed up. You come into town, you're in for three weeks. Then, sorry, why do you got to go back? Workouts, real workouts, mandatory workouts. That's the thing, too. When they have you, like, your sister and I always joke, not to get all inzy, but your sister has a part-time job. She yep. teaches uh, handicapped people at the uh, uh, Saskatchewan Abilities, yoga. Yep. And they're all great people over there. And so... Um, um, she always said, well, Ethan doesn't have a job. Well, you actually do have a job because when you're a scholarship athlete, you are working. You don't really have an opportunity to work. And you as a Canadian can't just go work at like uh, Papa John's or something because it'll compromise your visa. So you got to actually like work on campus. Yeah, it's kind of a hassle to be honest with you. And I have a couple of roommates now that are transferring to Division Two football and their summer workouts aren't necessarily mandatory. Um, I mean, guys are encouraged to stay, but us, like now, it's all summer is mandatory workouts. Like, we're really there, like, round the clock. Like, we just finished up spring ball in April, and we had five weeks of 15 practices, three now, lifts. Yeah, and like, not, not, not the actual game. I'm not, yeah. I'm not diminishing the game, but when you come to the CFL, if you ever get to come to the CFL, if that ever happens for you, 
I mean, like taking candy from a baby in terms of hours you have to be at the facility and stuff. Well, even even guys that have gone to the NFL have started talking about it too. Um, like Najee Harris and the Steelers was like, I got so much time on my hands because like you don't have to worry about like you're just all football once you get to that level, right? You're not worried about like school, getting to class on time, like as much time management. Um, so yeah, when you get to like the professional level, like you kind of you're on your own in the off season besides like the mandatory camps and mini camps and stuff. So it's a really different world. I think college athletics in a lot of ways is actually some of the tougher things to do for for a young young person so yeah anything like uh, football hockey yeah, any, any volleyball any athletics they, is a huge commitment in it's, college it's, for yeah, sure yeah they don't they don't that's why what's happening at Simon Fraser University what do you think about that we talked to all these yeah, other guys yeah it's a joke i've been listening to your guys show i mean i think i think it's a joke um i think college athletics um is oftentimes like kind of put on the back burner for for a lot of institutions and that's the difference like in America like it's it's on the forefront like that's what this that's how the school makes its money in a lot of ways and like even being at UND we've constantly just been building new things or building new athletic facilities right now and it's just constantly bringing in money so that's kind of the difference even from looking from Canada to the US I think it's a big difference is like the donors and stuff really really care down there about athletics and and students that's so. like what, what the Rams and the Huskies do in Saskatchewan yeah and even it, the Dinos in, yeah, but, in Calgary but what they do or what even like Scott McCauley some of these junior teams do Hilltops without all that money and without really all oh, that yeah. support is pretty cool it's impressive and like the, like my coach is like they're making like they're making livable wages like that's what my, my they're making posi- more than yeah. your head coach makes more than Dickinson yeah, yeah like my like like my position coach, like I, we have to perform because like that's his job. Like he's not working a job on the side like a lot of these other U sports guys are doing. So, for for them to do that, like and put in the time for these kids, like to not be making the big bucks that like guys are in the states, is is really cool and really impressive. So that is good. Zinger last night, Florida Panthers, Sergey, but you made him the clutch performer for um for next service. Sergey Bobrovsky made what he made thirty three saves or something crazy 30, like thirty five out of thirty seven. Thirty five out of thirty seven. Now Sam. Samsonov wasn't bad for Toronto either. He just gave up a couple bang-bang goals early in the second period. After the game, Ilya Samsonov got asked this question. I love it. Listen to this. This is great. Here we go. Bobrovsky is playing at the level he's playing at in the series. Do you feel like that's a challenge to you? You have to raise your game? I don't give a Why not? It doesn't matter for me. I'm doing my work. He's doing his work. I just love, I just love, I'll tell you what, I know what's going on in the world with Russia and the Ukraine. This isn't a commentary on that or Putin. I just, I like a lot of these Russian dudes. I do. I like them. They just say yeah, it. They're, they're hilarious. Even the guys in the UFC are like some of the funniest guys because they just, they call it how it is. They really don't care. Like they're unfiltered. Just like, not like the rest of the world really. So they, they really just call it how it is. It's hilarious. I've always been a fan of r- the Russian hockey player. Yeah. And it's it's not a popular opinion around here. No. P- p- people don't like it, but I've always like Like even when I have Alberry growing up as a kid, like, oh, the well, Russian you were, Rocket? You kidding me? Yeah, he was how awesome. How not like the Russian I love rocket. the Russian well, Rocket. Ovechkin's one of my favorite yeah. players of all time. And and I was going to say that. You got an autographed jersey. I was going to... Um, remember at the Red Sox dinner when I was doing the auction with yep. Des Pluman and I had to introduce each of the items? Remember how I strategically... The Winter Classic one? Mm-hmm. And I had to... I had to literally... Because when I said, up next, Alec, Alexander Ovechkin, and you heard it was all rowdy, then it went, ooh. Mm-hmm. Well, he never invaded the Ukraine. It's not his fault that Putin decided to do this. And... Uh, little from column A with Putin, little from column... Like, we better be careful here in North America how we throw stones in glass houses. That's all I'm saying, okay? And so, you, uh, but more than that, you can't blame Alexander Ovechkin 
for what's going on. And that's I like Ovi. I think Ovi's a good. The only thing player. about Ovi that people don't like is that he still has the profile picture with him and Putin. But but, but part of that is part of that is he's what, scared. I know he's scared. If he takes it down, who knows what? Yeah, the but not only, but, but, not only that, but not only that part. That's partly right. But it's kind of what Ethan said. They don't care. You're not going to force me to change my. That's their like everybody's so quick. To, oh, we got to do this. We got to do that. He, they're just they're they're wired to just do what they do, hmm. right or wrong. I'm not saying I agree with Putin. That's not what I'm saying. But they just these hockey players. So should you be? No, I don't give up. No. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like that. Hey, how about this? I'm going to get way in. Uh, get your opinion on both your opinions on this Charles Barkley was on a podcast and I love Sir Charles I don't agree with this but he shoots from the hip basically he said I think that's the stupidest thing in the world when asked if he listens to sporting events on radio he he said I would never listen to any sport on radio let's get that out of the way he was on with Ernie Johnson and Paul Bissonette uh, who you mentioned Ethan uh I would never turn on the radio and listen to the game. That's the stupidest thing in the world. I've never listened to a... You've never listened to a sporting event? No, I've never listened to a sporting event. You're lying, Johnson says. No, I'm telling you the truth. I think that's the stupidest thing in the world. That's an exaggeration. I'm a visual person, he said. I don't do that. I can't imagine being in a car long enough to drive around listening to a sporting event. Well, first of all, you don't got to be in a car. Hmm. Second of all, you you don't need to listen to the whole thing. What's your favorite sporting sport to listen to? Baseball on the radio. You like baseball? It's, baseball's number one for me. Baseball? Yeah, I like football. Football's uh, a close second, but nothing more beautiful on the radio than a good baseball game. How about you? Hmm. I would have to say football, probably. Yeah. I don't. I don't love listening to hockey on the radio. Not that it's bad. I, I don't know if I love it. I, I'm, I've never really listened to baseball on the radio. I can't lie. Like, I'll watch baseball a little bit. I listen to ba- I, football. I will listen to, and I do. I do enjoy like I do enjoy like driving and like imagining mm. the field of my like dash, and I do mm. like that kind of like visual aspect of it. Trying to imagine when I was going to watch uh, uh, visit him, I was listening to an early season Twins and Yankees game here, and I I can't listen like I I like it for a bit. Corey Provis, our, yeah. our yeah, friend of the show. On. He's good at his job, but I, I zone out with baseball. Mm. Like especially like foul ball, walk, and then they gotta incorporate stats and stuff. It it holds my attention for a bit, but I can't keep it for the whole inning. I don't know what it is. I think a lot of that too is you need to be listening to the team that you're cheering for for baseball. True. Because because if you're not li- like if I'm gonna ter- turn on a Cubs versus Cardinals game, yeah, I'm gonna tune out eventually. But if it's the Blue Jays versus the Yankees on a Saturday afternoon or something, and I'm going for a walk. Oh yeah, I'm gonna be. Dialing. I'd rather, and it's all where you're listening to it too. Like I'd rather, I'd rather if I'm at the lake, I would rather be sitting by a bonfire listening yeah. to the Ryder game yeah. than actually be inside watching. It. I agree, and I think mm. I think the thing that does it for me for football is hockey on the radio is a little bit too fast paced. Same with basketball, where it's sometimes hard to hard to know where the puck is or what's going on necessarily. Baseball can be a little bit too slow for me. Football is kind of like that happy medium where you have time to set up the play and describe it, and then there's enough action and there's a pause in the action where you can kind of get color commentary, add a stat or two in, and talk a little bit, and then it's right back to the action. Well, hockey's bad this way, and I've said this to Dante before as a suggestion, and then and he's gotten better with it. And I'm not cutting him down. I'm just saying when I listen to Pats games, not everybody knows the Pats. Mm-hmm. So if you say, uh, say who has the if you puck, say how has the puck and he shoots it over to to Sue's 
to live, and it's over to like some of the names you know, but you don't know how Brown. Is it? Is it? Who's Brown? Like I don't know. Saskatoon's got a Brown, or Moose Jaw's got a Brown. Like, and that's where it is. It moved, but in fairness to him and other hockey announcers, it moves so fast. Yeah, it's right? a very flow-oriented yeah, game, yeah. kind of like basketball. So that is a tough game to call yeah, for sure. Yeah, it is absolutely. All right, we're gonna take a break. When we come back on the other side, a little rewind with the guy we were talking about with Farhan Lalji, Lake Corte Moore. This is the Sports Cage on six twenty CKRM. <laughs> 532 with the sports ticker. What do we got tonight? Well, we got one game in the National Hockey League. The New Jersey Devils taking on the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, the puck drop for that one's at 6 p.m. Saskatchewan okay. time. I do have an updated score for you in the major leagues. The Toronto Blue Jays, they're leading a baseball game. Oh. They're beating the Pittsburgh Pirates. It's two to nothing. Middle of the fourth, ballsy. We got That's curling awesome. this weekend as yeah. well. Pinties, man. Uh, the Coyote Tractor. Uh, or Coyote Tractor Champions Cup. Let me say that four times. It's the wrap-up to the Grand Slam of Curling. Right now, Botcher, and we had Ben Hebert, the lead for that uh, rink in yesterday. Uh, they're 4-0. Dunstone's rink's 4-0. Gushu is 4-1. So that's leading the men's side on the women's side. Peterson's 4-1. Grandy is 3-1. And, and Fuju's Fujisawa is 3-2, and two, Jennifer Jones is 3-2. and two. So the finals go Sunday. Our own Blaine Weiland will be down there for that. Sports taker for Busy Bee Overhead. Let's round the bases. Time for today's Sports Cage Regina Red Sox report on the voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. The Red Sox report for the Canadian Brew House. Simply Spiked Lemonade is new to the CBH with four bold, full-flavored, fizzy choices to enjoy. Hey, three weeks from tomorrow, the Regina Red Sox home opener at Curry Field against the Swift Current 57s. It's hard to believe we're about to play some baseball, and I know Red Sox fans getting excited. Local Regina product Dylan Edmonds, he will be returning to the Sox for his third season. Dylan is a junior at Liberty University in Central Virginia. He hit two forty three with 22 RBI and four home runs for the Sox in 2022. And hey, on top of that, the Red Sox also happy to announce this week week that another local product, Jonah Bashu, will be returning for the 2023 season. Sophomore at Cuesta College in California, Jonah had 77 at-bats with the Sox in 2022 and drove in 12 runs. He really became a nice fan favorite in the latter half of last season. And this signing here, very exciting for Red Sox fans, a left-handed pitcher, Cameron Hood, coming from Buckeye, Arizona at Scottsdale Community College. He's 2-1 over 8 starts, and this will be Cameron's first season with with the Sox, and of course his first in the Western Canadian Baseball League. Three weeks from tomorrow, baseball will be played at Curry Field. Cannot wait. Let's play ball. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Sports Cage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. All right, Luke Monner will wrap the show up. But earlier this week, we caught up with uh, Lake Corte Moore. Third overall pick in the CFL draft, Riders' first selection. He's a six foot five, two hundred and sixty pound D line. I think he's six five. Yeah, he's six five, uh, mid sixes anyway, and two hundred and sixty pound D lineman. As you heard, Farhan Lalji's high on him. Let's go back this week in the, in our sports cage rewind and hear from Lake. The newest Saskatchewan Rough Rider, third overall selection. In the uh, 2023 Canadian College Draft, a University of British Columbia Thunderbird from Ottawa, Ontario, Lake Corte Moore. Hi, Lake. 
Hey, how are you? Awesome, man. That's a great name. Lake Corte Moore. How many times have you been told that? Uh, a few times. A lot, a lot of people think it's Lake at first when I say it, but I uh, have to correct them and say it's like the body of water. So. Yeah, so how did, you, how did the parents come up with that name? Uh, my uh, So Lake's actually my middle name. Um, Garnet's my first name, but uh, my mom really liked Lake, so she just started calling me my middle name Lake all the time, and uh, it, it came from uh, our cottage being on Lake Ontario. Nice. So you're a guy that, uh, like, you're in B.C. moving to Saskatchewan, but that's no big deal because you're Ottawa living in B.C. Talk about going cross-country. You're like the littlest hobo. You wouldn't know that because you're too young, but the old TV show, the dog would go from town to town and never have an owner. You're, like, all over the place. So no big deal for you to move to Saskatchewan. No, no, none at all. I can't wait. Um, I've been to... Regina a few times now. I, I took a visit there when I was uh, getting recruited as well. So um, I love the city. It's a great place. And, and uh, my uh, defensive line coach, Shamari Williams, is the first overall pick there. So he's told me some great spots to go to and, and some amazing things to do there. So Yeah, and, and as far as Can West centers, how, how did you like coming to Regina to play as a UBC Thunderbird? You were part of upsetting the Rams this year. Thanks a lot in the playoffs. Really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that one. Um, but no, uh, I love it. Every time Every time we go to Regina, it's awesome. It's a great environment, an amazing um, stadium, amazing field. Um, and actually, I'm still undefeated there, so uh, I'm going to try and keep that going. Awesome, man. I know when Jeremy O'Day was addressing uh, the media after he made the selection and picked you third overall, he said, really like what I saw on tape from him, but really like seeing him in person. We happened to be at the stadium when he had a really great game. So that's kind of how it is, man. Uh, You never know when the eyes are on you, either uh, the eye in the sky or people with their own eyeballs doing the eyeball test. Exactly, yeah, exactly. So practice everything. You you just got to be yourself and you just gotta gotta work hard and no matter what people can always be watching you so what you go after it what'd you take in school student athlete what's the student part uh student part so i'm gonna have a, a major in sociology and a minor in education so do you want to be like a teacher or what do you want to do after football's done many years uh, down the road um we'll see uh, at the same time i i've been a full-time carpenter uh so that's something that that i like to do as well and may get into and I've looked at the route of uh, possibly becoming a firefighter as well, but um, yeah, if if, if I uh, get the time and I'm able to, I, I wouldn't say no to trying to become a teacher, but at this time, I haven't fully thought about it yet. You're younger. How old are you? I'm 23. Yeah, 23. You get the world ahead of you, man. Well, here's the thing. A Logan Furlan on the offensive line, he has his own finishing and framing business. So maybe Logan can hire you in the offseason. Maybe you two could team up. A huh? little rider team up yeah. there. For sure, no, I'd be willing to work and do anything. So awesome! Well, we yeah, talked. Look into it. Yeah, versatility off the field, versatility on the field. Uh, Jeremy likes the fact that you're very athletic and he can play special teams. What's your best attribute? Uh, I would just say my relentless motor um, and discipline. I, uh, I don't think I don't take bad penalties and I don't play um, recklessly in a way. So uh, I'm able to use my use my strength when I need to, and I'm able to use my speed when I need to. So 
um, that's what I'm, I'm looking forward to doing on the field, no matter uh, where where I play or, or where I am. Um, any any special team and on defense as well. How'd you get into football? How did you uh, get turned on by this sport? Yeah, so uh, my grandfather actually he, um, he used to play for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Um, so my family kind of has the football background, but when I was six years old, one of my best friends uh, in my daycare system went and played football and he told me and I, I asked my dad then, I was like, hey, can I go play football with him? And started playing tackle football at the age of six and, and just kind of fell in love with it and realized how far it could take me when it, when it comes to school um, and then possibly a career in it. Uh, so yeah, it's become my, my love and, and the second second biggest thing in my life in a way uh, behind my family. So, so tell me, uh, uh, who's grandpa? Like, who's grandpa? Fill me in here. So yeah, so my grandfather, his name's George Moore. Um, hmm. he, he went to the University of North Dakota and played there for a few years. And uh, then he came up and, and he played for the, the Bombers. Um, but he definitely, he, he, did, he wasn't an all-star, like a big-time player, but uh, just him playing there uh, was awesome. And I, I remember when I was younger, they used to, to give uh, alumni free tickets and stuff. So my grandfather used to get tickets. And my first ever game was at the old uh, stadium in Winnipeg there. And uh, got to go see Milt Spiegel play, and it, it was awesome. It definitely made me want, want to play the game, especially because at that time, Ottawa didn't have... Uh, didn't have a, a team so it, it was definitely awesome to see in person and, and really made me fall in love with the game a little more who'd you uh who who were you with when you found out you were the third overall selection and did you have an inkling the riders were interested honestly um i had a great interview with them uh in uh at the combine and and i had interest from them but i i had no clue i had no idea i, I didn't know that they were going to take me um but i'm, I'm it was a very happy surprise and, and I thought as well, I thought they would phone before the pick. I, I didn't know what the process was. Um, so I was just sitting there with my family, friends, a lot of teammates, coaches. Um, we were all together, and I was just sitting there, and I was like, oh, I guess they're, I'm not getting picked by, by Saskatchewan because they haven't phoned me yet. And then the commissioner came on and, and announced it, and I kind of, like, froze, and I was, in, I was shocked. And, and I looked at my mom, and she started crying, and... It was it was an amazing moment for sure, and uh, I was glad to be with a lot of friends and uh, friends and family. So it was awesome. Lastly, Lake, who comes to, to to mind at the top of the list in terms of getting you to where you are right now? Uh, for sure, my parents. Uh, they've done everything for me. Um, they've been there for me the entire time. They've supported me. Um, others are my my grandparents, uh, my grandmother and grandfather. They did a lot for me and. Uh, just all around my entire family. Uh, we're such a close-knit family, and, and my, all my sisters are always there for me, and um, I, couldn't, I wouldn't be the, the man I am today without, without my family, honestly. Well, you sound like a great young man. We, you and I did talk back in the day a couple of years ago when I did that Can West YouTube show during uh, the pandemic, if you remember, and I had you yeah. uh, on the list. So that's, it's awesome to reconnect with you. It's great you're a Saskatchewan Rough Rider. I'm going to be happy to call your name. So break it to your family. I hate to say this. We hate the freaking Winnipeg Blue Bombers. You know that, right? Oh. 
I know, I know. I'm going to have to get my grandmother to to wear green to the game. So oh, I'm sure so, she'll she'll have, she'll have no there. she'll have no problem doing that. You make sure, and you tell me uh, you tell me your family's name. We'll convince her by giving her a shout out on the radio. Okay, what's her name? What's her name right now? Patricia Moore. Patricia Moore. Patricia, we love you, but it's time to turn your back on bloody Winnipeg and the blue and gold. It's green and white, baby. Rider Nation. Anyway, thanks for your time, yes, Lake. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, can't wait to get to work, and, and let's get after the Great Cup this year, Rider Nation. This Stand Sports History brought to you by Capital Ford Lincoln on the corner of Rochdale and Pasqua. May 5th, 1978, Cincinnati Red Pete Rose becomes the 14th player to get 3,000 hits. And in 1969, the 23rd NBA championship, the Boston Celtics beat the L.A. Lakers four games to three. You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Ah, I figured it out. I figured it out. Luke, we figured it out. Luke Molitor joining us. I know why Zinger hasn't been overly, uh, like, excitable when he came back from England. You see, it was just revealed that somebody mowed the shape of uh, mm, rhymes with weenus on the the royal grounds ahead of the coronation. I think it was Zinger. I think he got a hold of a riding lawnmower. And and they and that's on Zinger's lawn? No, it's on the the royal grounds right now. There's pictures everywhere. They're getting ready for the coronation tomorrow at Charles and somebody cut a a, a schmeckle on the grass. So it looks it's like a big Oh, and, and oh man, that is amazing. That Isn't, is incredible. That's the greatest. That's maybe the greatest prank in the history of pranks. That is incredible. That is that is unbelievable. I think it was Zinger. That's unbelievable. To say it. Hey, what? Hey, hey, Luke. What was the best prank you ever pulled or had pulled on you? Oh man, that's a good question. Um, you know what? I, I'm fortunate in my career. I, I never, I never was a de- degenerate that the Phantom had to visit. Um, I think that probably the funniest ones were when you got a hold of someone's cell phone and turned their screensaver into your rear end. Um, or uh, that's hilarious. Turned, or like you know, you turned like you 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 looked up their wife's phone number and turned like their wife's. You know how like you say you say uh, oh it's the wifey that calls right. Like when her name pops up. You change it to like Pizza King or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I think there's a funny one pulled on Dave Ridgeway. I think it was Dave Ridgeway. Suter told me they sewed his keys in his pants. So when he went out to the car, he went to he went to get the keys out of his pants, but they couldn't get it. He couldn't get the the keys out of his pocket because they were sewed in that's his pants. Funny. That's actually that's, that's actually really that's actually yeah, really we weren't like yeah I yeah man I don't know like during my time we we weren't huge. Prank guys. So do do, th- mean, do things like that that's bring more of a it- hockey player thing? To be honest. Yeah, it is. It is. But do things like that bring a team together or pull them apart? Do you think? Well, it depends. If you're if you're oversensitive and you get a prank pulled on you and you cry like a baby, then it it, it has risk of pulling you apart. But um, most of the time, it, it, everybody knows it's all in good fun, right? So um, those are healthy for teams, man. I really do think that. As long as you know you're not 
you're not, you know, sacrificing someone's, someone's actual safety because, you know, you want everybody to get healthy, right? And you want everybody to stay healthy so they can perform. So, mm-hmm. so um, just don't do anything that'll, that'll hurt, harm the team. So our, uh, our major sponsor here is Western Pizza. So take Western Pizza aside, okay? Take Western yeah. Pizza out of the equation. Canadian Brew House, also a big one. Besides those two okay. big sponsors, we were kicking it around here. Are you, first of all, are you still eating bark and lettuce? Are you on a healthy kick or do you sometimes break down and have some fast food. Oh, I, I, I yeah, I, I break. You know what, man? I'm gonna be honest, guys. I, I, I've, I've stopped all that. I, I've stopped that. I, I eat, I eat healthy, right? Like I eat healthy, but man, I'm not gonna be sitting there like. So when I know that I'm gonna have pizza for dinner, for instance, I'll eat good like throughout the day. Yeah. So I can eat pizza and enjoy it. Well, man, I'm done counting all those calories, man. That's for the bird. Yeah, that sucks. Like, that's the thing. You work out hard. I see you in the gym. There's a lot of... I had Ryan Getzlaff on the stage at the Red Sox dinner, and I said to him, you work out? He's like, why? I don't have to work out. I'm done playing. That's the thing. Hey, that's the thing, man. You know what? And and Ethan's in studio today, right? Yeah, he's right here listening. He's laughing at you. Ethan's Ethan's going to get to the stage, too. You get to the stage where you go in and work out, and then you push yourself to a certain limit, and your your brain literally says, "Hey, by the way, you used to get paid to do this, so you probably don't have to anymore because you're not getting paid to do it anymore." And then you're like, "Oh yeah, that's right. I don't need to outlift everybody in the gym. I'm just gonna go and ride this bike on level three. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. It's a very good point. It's a very good point. Okay, so back to my. This was gonna be my question. Your guilty pleasure like meal. What would it be? A guilty pleasure meal. Like you go to a fast food place. Like what is it? What are you gonna What are you gonna munch down yeah, on? See, see, it's not. I don't have those guilty pleasures. You know what I have? I have I have guilty pleasure days. So if I wake, so if I wake up and I decide it's a it's a guilty pleasure slash cheat day, I'm starting with McDonald's pancakes and a couple egg McMuffins and like three hash browns, and then for lunch, I'm probably gonna go and crush like some pizza or some Earls, yeah. and then for dinner I'm gonna make sure that if I didn't have pizza at lunch, I'm gonna have either pizza or like cheeseburger and like fries. For dinner, I don't. I don't do the cheap meals anymore, man. I'm. I'm, I'm a grown man. Uh, I'm blessed in life. It's summer. You know, the the weather's getting nicer. Yeah, I'm doing cheap days. It's awesome, man. Are we? Uh, are we going to go out and have? You know, some- Ethan's doing there. You know, Ethan's got to do all those sit ups. He's got to stay healthy. He's yeah. got to get ready to dominate the competition this year. Me and you, Bobby, we're not Ethan. We don't have to do that. No, we don't have to do that. We can just call him a bum in a couple of years when he doesn't make a tackle, right? Uh, yeah, and then you got, and then you, yeah, exactly. And then you got Zinger, who's like twenty pounds soaking wet. He can eat anything and still look like a rock star. <laughs> I wish I had Zinger's metabolism, but you know, hey, I'm not, I'm Polynesian. I have a piece of bread and I gain five pounds. That's how it works. Hey, uh, are your Leafs in trouble? Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh my gosh! You know what was so frustrating about yesterday, Bobby? The amount of times we should have scored a goal. Like, how come every goalie decides to have their career series against us? Like. <laughs> We should have won that game again. Like, I was telling everybody, if you talked to me yesterday, I was like, man, we're about to win by five. And we lost again. Like, <laughs> and I don't know what's going to And you know what? I'm really, of course, you texted me. And you like, man, I really do think, I, I think all of Southern Ontario right now is shocked that when we won round one, like, I think that they were like, oh, it's not over? Like, yeah. Like, I thought we won the cup, guys. No, actually, we got a few more series to go. Like, Mm-hmm. We weren't prepared, and it's clearly, I don't know, man. 
know. We're gonna have to fire Sheldon Keith if it doesn't work out though. Oh yeah, everybody gets fired. So um I I know I talked to you earlier this year. I don't know if your your mindset has changed. I, I used to in the in the in the nineties and uh when Kobe was humming, I was an NBA guy. I can't watch it now. You know what, I, I watch the playoffs and I and I pay attention to where the Raptors are, but you're right. It's uh it's not and you know, it's gonna get even worse. I'm telling you right now, when Steph Curry, LeBron James, and Kevin Durant leave the NBA, the NBA is going to be absolutely terrible. Because, you see, everybody's poking fun at Dylan Brooks. Yeah. 90% of the NBA is, is like Dylan Brooks. Like, 75% of the athletes in total this year. And Ethan knows a few of them, because I'm guaranteeing you there's a few on Ethan's team with big mouths and that can't cast their checks. But... 75% of the athletes are like Dylan Brooks. The, the days of LeBron James and Steph Curry, like those are fading away, man. And I, and, and I think basketball is really going to be like really weak. It's going to be especially in football. You can't get away with it, right? Like yeah. in football, you, you, there's only so much you can hide, but in basketball, everybody's like, yeah, it's, it's bad. man. Hey, Luke, Let's uh, let's end on a positive note. I kind of tweeted this out. We are doing a training camp show live from training camp all the time. But the first one, we're doing a nine to ten show on yeah. Mother's Day, the fourteenth, when camp officially opens, when they first touch on the field. And uh, I think we'll be able to tell a lot right from that first practice. Oh man, right away. So here's here's what Rider Nation's going to get with your show at nine o'clock. Our show. Gonna- our show. Here's what we're going to do. Like, here's what they're going to get. They're gonna, we're going to be able to talk about who's getting the first team reps right off the bat, right? Now, it may change in day two and day three, but, like, it goes a lot. Like, guys plan out, right? So they're going to be able to know that. We're going we're gonna to really see what the energy level's like at the beginning of practice, right? You're going to see sort of where the team is in terms of their sense of urgency. I'm really excited about it. That first hour of that training camp, we're going to see a lot. It's going to, you know, we're going to go through some stretch period where me and you can BS about a, a little bit, but I'm hoping they compete a little bit. And then, hey, you know, we get to watch the rest. I'm really excited, but I think that show is going to be especially good just because, you know, you know we're giving them a first glance, glimpse look at, at, at the first really, because that's when all the emotions are flowing, right? That's mm-hmm. when all the thoughts are going. That's when guys are like, oh, man, you know, they're trying to figure out who they're going to size up. The defensive linemen can't wait to do their spin move that they've been working on all offseason. Offensive line, they're already hungry. They don't want to practice yet, right? Like, so, <laughs> so we're, it's going to be fun, man. I can't wait. I can't either, man. I love the energy. We'll talk to you. Have a great weekend, okay? All right, man. You guys have a great weekend, too. Take Ethan, care. stay healthy. <laughs> Take care. See ya. All right, that is uh, Luke Bolander joining us. Ethan, come on here for a minute. I want to bring this up for a minute and a half. My son, Ethan Ball, sitting here. He wasn't on in that segment, but he was listening intently. Uh, it's very interesting world we live in, in terms of you're either uh, Republican or Democrat or liberal or conservative here, NDP, you're, uh, you're Catholic or you're something else. And it's very divided, like it's a very divided yeah. world, more than ever before. But I've always said, if you put on the same jersey and you go to battle with that guy, you kind of put that all aside. Do you still have that in your locker room where you guys can talk back and forth, but you're still buddies? Like, a, Have you been able to do that? Because I wish the world could channel what's behind a locker room door yeah honestly if i've always said it if if the world could be like a football locker room be a lot better place because you have you have guys from every single background like i got guys from chicago florida california like saskatchewan amsterdam europe like there's guys from everywhere black white asian and on my team like it doesn't matter where you're from and everybody kind of can can have their opinions and beliefs but 
when you're working towards a common goal and you're, you're all working towards the same thing, you all want to advance in your careers and in life and in football mm-hmm. and whatever else, and you want to win a championship together, it really, it really doesn't matter. So everything kind of gets put aside and you can have your differing opinions, but at the end of the day, you're all quote-unquote brothers on the field. So it, it is a cool place to be. I love it, Zinger. He's come home. He's going to go now to his mom's house to do his laundry and then come to my house tomorrow to watch a Oilers game. I love it. <laughs> Good to have you here, man. Good to have you Thanks, here, man. Thanks it's for awesome. coming to me. You, you can pop in anytime, you know. Anytime, I might, baby. I might. Anyway, anytime. that's been our show for Nelson Holmes. Thanks to Zinger. Another Sean Kleisinger production. Thanks to all our guests. If you missed it, you could check it out in podcast form. We will talk to you next week. Today's sports cage has come to a close. Miss a segment? Download or stream the podcast now at sportscage.ca. Get your sports straight from the source. 620 CKRM.